Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 242 of Ad with Wrestling. Uh, sure, that sounds about right. All right, Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello, how are you? I'm doing fine. I, I honestly, I, I don't give the episode number much thought. So if you're right, if you're wrong, I know that when I put one of the shows up on the Patreon recently, I was 100 episodes off. <laughs> wow. Well, I think I was only one. It was one of those things where I dropped my pen as we started recording here. Oh, so my eyes weren't focused. That actually episode two forty three. Uh, there is no second takes. Yeah, no, we're doing a live, pal. Exactly. So what's going on? What's the good word? How's your week? Uh, I'm all right. Like my one leg hurts a lot from like running, and uh, I, I assume that'll go away. Other than that, I'm okay. Running? What are you running from? <laughs> uh, obligations, growing up, bills. Uh, no, nah, just like uh, my, I've been working out nonstop, man. Got to get in summer shape. You know, okay. I'm down, I'm down. I have, I, I said before, I have one last run left in me. I need to, you know, it's like uh, I've been working out. Like my rule has been, and I started at the beginning of the baseball season, that if the Yankees are playing, I'm working out during the game. If they're off, I'm off. Uh-huh. So like. You know, six to seven days a week in my gym. And by my gym, I just mean my smoky garage. (laughs) (laughs) I have the TV down there. I have the treadmill. I have weights. You know, I'm clanging and banging, keeping busy. I have nothing else to do. I guess. Yeah. But, like, uh, my... my right big toe, since you're asking... uh, I'm asking. I broke my right big toe... Years ago, like when I was in like high school slash about to be in college, uh, doing an Aikido demonstration at the Steamtown Mall. So I don't Jesus have Christ. the flexibility of my, my right toe doesn't bend as much as my left one. So uh-huh. when I'm running, it causes me to put a lot more weight on my left leg. Like, I don't know if I push off of that somehow. So like if I'm running a lot, my left leg hurts way more than my right leg, if that makes sense. It it does. So I'm like hobbling <laughs> around today. It's been a rough couple days. Listen, you're you're not a you're not a young man anymore. Go easy on yourself, huh? Yeah. No, I know, I know. But I'm a cruiserweight again. I can compete on 205 Live. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that was step one. Um, so when they bring that show back, I'll be I'll be like Buddy Murphy on there. <laughs> I'd have to cut both my legs off to come close, you know. <laughs> Well, that's fine. I'll I'll be the soon-to-be-named Network's representative in the Cruiserweight division. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what there is no cru- yeah. There, uh, listen, I'm living, man. Uh, you know, the, uh, we mentioned it on uh, After Dark this week, but the pool is open. Yeah, when's the party, man? There are no parties. Come on, uh, let's get Brett, DJ, Tim, Marcus, Todd, maybe sure. me. <laughs> everybody everybody coordinate that you all put that together let me know and i'll make sure that i'm like sleeping or not home or something um <laughs> fine. as long as the pool's open yeah but it was just one of those things where like my wife was off work on tuesday i was be bopping out there like on my lunch and my breaks and stuff because i had work um and it was a nice day on tuesday but by the time like my kid came home from school and he was like everything was done done and he could go in it was cold like it was you know, hose water in the pool, and it was cold outside, and it's been cold all week. It's supposed to warm up on Sunday, but that has not stopped my kid from being in the pool every day since we've opened it up. 
Yeah, um, it's in the forties right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was it was sixty degrees outside, and he's like, "Oh, pool's open. I'm going in." I'm like, "That is what you know. I'm, I'm not going to stop him." Yeah, but he goes in for about a half hour a day and has. I haven't been in yet, but Saturday, you know, we got to get in and give it like the good vacuum and everything else like that. Not to say that it's like filthy or anything. Um, but yeah, it's too cold for me to get in. You can't uh, slip the kid a couple bucks or just put your foot down and make him clean it up since he's doing this. Um, so it's a, you know, like uh, it's an above ground pool. I don't know if you've ever vacuumed a pool. I, I can't say I have. Okay. Um, so like to really like get the vacuum in, like really suck the shit up and break any sort of the stuff up, you really need to have like your arms above the water. So you have like that leverage. Okay. And he's not tall enough yet. <laughs> I got you. All right. He hasn't had his growth spurt. Well, he has. He's tall, but like it comes up to just like right on, like right up to his armpits. And it needs to be like he needs to like grow another foot to be able to do that. Just like for the leverage of it, you know? Yeah. All right. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. We're hoping, you yeah. know. Uh, but enough about like after dark real life <laughs> bullshit. Let's get into the fake world bullshit, huh? All right, I guess. <laughs> and now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. I always like to double check. Did I hit record? Yeah. Usually I wait till the end of the show. I would have stopped you. Yeah, I'm checking uh, ounces. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, This Day in Wrestling History. Let's talk about some stuff, huh? All right. Um, typically I like to, uh, you know, put the clips at the end, but uh, I feel like going like from oldest to newest, right? Okay. Uh, so this day in wrestling history, 25 years ago, um, we have our raw and nitro head to head. Um, not a lot of clips appeared online for this nitro. Um, Jericho clip didn't make it. Um, but some stuff happens on this episode of Nitro. Uh, this is the beginning of the, uh, Chris Benoit Booker T best of seven series for the number one contendership for the TV title. Okay. Um, there's also when Lex Luger joins the Wolf Pack, which I do remember. I saw the clips. Right. And then next week, I think we'll have a big one regarding that. And I'll have a whole diatribe to go into it in regards to all of that, you know? Mm hmm. Um, so the, the raw is the go home show for the pay-per-view. That'll be the homework, um, that we'll be recording later for the Patreon, right? Yeah. I see a lot of familiar names from me watching the homework <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> right. Uh, it was a taped show. Um, there was a through line through the show of Vince getting arrested for coming out and admitting that he committed assault on Steve Austin. Um, you know, raws on the come up. Nitro's on the down, right? Mm. Um, but everything's not all, you know, peaches and cream and home runs and everything else like that. Um, so this episode of Raw, we did have the debut uh, of the third member of the LOD 2000, uh, Darren Drozdoff, a.k.a. Puke. He's gonna puke! Well, He's hang gonna... on, don't... I wasn't <laughs> don't gonna play it. the clip... I wasn't gonna play the clip of his debut because that's not his, uh infamous i guess as you will as this is well i've got one thing i want you to do for me okay and that's gonna be right back over here oh no i've been waiting for this okay i guess 
You want a little coffee or what? I hate this flip. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Vince, Vince's face. Try not this. to get it on the rest of my table here. Huh? Can, can you do that? Huh? Huh? You gonna get sick? That's a possibility. Huh? Oh. Oh, huh? Oh my God! He's, he's gonna! He's gonna! He's gonna! He's coming at you! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! Yeah, he's gonna puke! That's it. Oh, just man. spits. <laughs> oh, well, I've got one thing. Pure un- unadulterated Vince, and I love it. it. I, you know what? I like the audio of it, but I, I turned away. Like I have, <laughs> you, you have the screen share. If somebody's dry heaving, I, I feel like I have to dry heave. It's, it's one of my only weaknesses. Show. One of your only weaknesses. <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly. It's my kryptonite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get now. It. I have a redemption for myself. So last week, uh, I wanted to play the, um, you know, because we we have the big DX invasion, the one that everyone talks about, where they drove a tank into WCW's backyard while Nitro was live on the air. That's the way that we all remember it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But then they beat it into the ground for the next five weeks. And each one after and after was like diminishing returns, diminishing returns, diminishing returns. And I think this is probably the most diminishing of all returns. Um, shout out to On This Day in WWE History for uploading a nice clean copy of it for me to play. Oh, this is the one we tried and then didn't Well, work. no. So, okay. So that's the thing. Last week was the build up to this. Okay. Gotcha. I wasn't sure what today, GX's secret mission unfolded. This is Triple H. What's your position? This is Triple H. Right now, I'm hunched over. I'm in the cockpit. I hate and it already. I got my hand on my joystick. I'm flying over WCW's event, and I'm sending a message to the WCW officials. And here's another one for you. And get a load of this one. Where's the afterburner on this stupid thing? Oh, God, I'm getting dizzy. Where's the box bag? That's better. Now, a 500 megaton flippin' bomb. Suck it! Ladies and gentlemen, the bomb has just landed on WCW officials, and they are now covered in... Or are they just full of it? Mission accomplished. Oh my god, I I have no memory of that, and I hate it so much. <laughs> so so lame. And yeah, I mean that's why WWE that's why WWE sweeps that under the rug, and you don't see them tout that as like here's week five of the invasion of WCW, you know. Yeah, and obviously, if you, those people who aren't seeing the clip, he's using a fighter jet to draw in like. To Skyright, and it's, it's, it's like stock DX footage. Socks. Yeah. yeah, it's all stock footage of like a guy in a plane that's supposed to be Triple H, and then there's like footage of the Blue Angels in there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and it says like DX rocks, DX bombs WCW, Triple H versus Rock tonight on Raw, and like just people pointing to the sky. Oh my god, it was so bad. I'm getting the douche chills. There you go. <laughs> And again, see, like I said, it's still working out the kinks of this Attitude Era stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm shocked that that's not on a, you know, a Best of the Monday Night Wars DVD. Right. Speaking of things that would not be on a Best of the Monday Night Wars DVD, we get the re-debut. He had been previously, um, you know, aligned with uh, 
the Truth Commission. Mm-hmm. And then they broke up the Truth Commission, and he was leading the Evil Kurgan. If you remember Evil Kurgan up like uh, earlier in the year, up until about April or so. Who can forget? Yeah. Right. So Kurgan and the Jackal have been off TV now for about two months, and this is their re debut on TV. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the parade has more than two oddities in it. At this time, let me introduce to you from the gallery of the grotesque, the Jackals Parade of Human Oddities continues with the prom princess of the World Wrestling Federation. She may not be the eye candy of a Sable or a Sunny, but her inner beauty far outweighs those attributes. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Princess Luna. Following Luna is a man whose physical deformity has made him a societal outcast. He is a man who tonight will speak to all of you people in the only language that you understand. No Cartman doll. Sadly, wow. the language of violence. I give you Golga! And standing next to me here is a genetic misfit to be sure what he is is the largest human being walking the planet ladies and gentlemen i give you the jackals parade of human oddities they say the miserable have no medicine only hope well now my parade of human oddities has me that is one of the biggest human beings if not the biggest man i've ever seen he's got to be between seven and eight feet tall between four and five hundred pounds. That's quite a swing there, JR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Depends on what he had for breakfast. Look at the size of that man's hand. Right, Earth so uh, in the Earth. ring with the Jackal beforehand was from the Howard Stern show, Whack Packers, Crackhead Bob, and Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf. How excited were you when they were on WWE TV? I was, I was going out of my mind over this. <laughs> And uh, Crackhead Bob drug his dead foot so Beetlejuice could soar uh, a year and a half later on WCW Nitro in his feud with Double J. It always goes back to Double J, but that's all right. Of course it does. So uh, Kurgan would debut the week later um, with the new gimmick. Uh, Golga is John Tenta under a mask. Yeah, he looks relatively small. I don't know if it's because of the scale of being in there with Kurgan, but... Right, or, well, that's Giant Silva in there, but again, I get what you're saying. So there was thought that before they stumbled upon the whole Dude Love program, that Austin's first program coming out of Mania was going to be against Golga. (laughs) Um, If you believe the dirt sheets and your everything else's and stuff like that. Um... And, and we'll we'll track the progress here of the oddities as things go on. Um, but the Jackal is not... Don Callis, surprisingly, is not long for his employment here in the World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, that's a shocker. But yeah, like, I have very little memory of him being there. Like, I mentioned, you know, Golga with the Cartman doll. I think that's Babyface Run, you know. And at some point, they get some ICP as their theme music, I believe. Right. So they, again, not to tip the whole thing yeah. uh, here, but um, they they do a Babyface turn like a month later. They get ICP with them. 
ICP end up being the workers of the group <laughs> as they have like a prolonged feud with the headbangers. Uh, and again, less Howard Stern people, and then they replace Don Callis as the centerpiece of the oddities with Sable. That that makes sense. Uh, All right. <laughs> again, listen, it was the Attitude Era. We're just trying lots of different things, you know? Yeah. I'll Try save to... my shooting on Sable for the Patreon show. I oh, my goodness. There. Yeah. Uh, so also on this day, 21 years ago, everyone can feel old. Um, Chikara held their first event from uh, St. John's in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, five match show back in the day when, you know, that's what they would do. Um, Mr. Zero versus Dragonfly, the real Mr. Zero, not the faker. Um, Lovebug and Martial Law, who were like local Reading, Allentown area workers that had been there for a long time. Uh, against Hollow Wicked and Ichabod Slain, who would later go on to be uh, Icarus. I almost said his real name. Um, <laughs> Zane Madrox versus Kid Cruel, who were also uh, workers. Mike Cruel is Kid Cruel's name. Uh, Blind Rage versus Ultramantis Black. And the main event was Quack, Reckless Youth, and Don Montoya, a.k.a. the Black T-Shirt Squad, taking on the gold bond mafia of Chris Hero, Cold Cabana, and Phil from Chicago. Oh, now, did, were you at this show or did you just watch it later? I was not at this show, so I was aware, but I think I had something more pressing going on. I think I had, like, a friend's, like, graduation party or something else was going on. That I couldn't corral... I, well, I couldn't corral a bunch of people to go with me. Like, this was before the days when I would just go to a show by myself. If I couldn't corral other people. But even if I couldn't corral other people, I'd be like, I'll just go to the show myself. Screw it, right? Mm. Um, I was not at this show. I don't think I started attending live Chikara shows for, like, another two years. But I was still following them on VHS and online and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, 21 years that Chikara has been around. You know, I know... Car hasn't been around for the last three years, but you know, 21 years ago was the first show. Uh, for better or for worse, uh, Chikar is why I'm doing this podcast today, you know? Yeah, and it's funny, it's it that's a long ass run for an indie, you know? It certainly is. I remember when we when we first started doing this podcast, I'd bring up or you'd bring up Chikar as like stuff that you watched for the the three likes and three dislikes we used to always do, you know? Right. So it's recently gone, yeah. All right. Um, and last but not least, uh, on this day in wrestling history four years ago was the first ever official AEW television show or pay-per-view. Um, do, if you count All In as the first AEW show, and some do and some don't, that was it. But this is the first thing that happened that was branded as AEW, All Elite Wrestling, four years ago today. And double or nothing, right? Double or nothing from Las Vegas. Um, you know, they mentioned on TV this week that the building that they did that pay-per-view in was the building that they did the first pay-per-view in. Um, it's funny looking at the roster, who's still there and who's not there, um, what the company was kind of going for at the time. Um, I, but I think the two things that this show is most remembered for is the Cody versus Dustin Rhodes match. 
they made a fig, like a two-pack out of that. That's right. And then the main event of Jericho versus Kenny Omega, where uh, after the match, Moxley debuts, and he's positioned to be a heel against Kenny Omega, and Moxley gets such, like, a huge babyface reaction, they have to, like, immediately pivot. Yeah, and I'm just looking at this card, because before I saw that it was on your screen, uh, I had it up for uh, when we do Does Jono the card later on. And like you said, the people that aren't there anymore, like, look at the women's division that they started off with. <laughs> like, remember uh, how, how much they wanted to feature Awesome Kong? Awesome Kong, uh, you know, great worker and everything else like that, but that was, like, Brandy's hired gun. yeah. Uh, spooky brandy <laughs> i do remember the the nightmare what was it the nightmare collective was it with uh we need wrestling hall of famer uh what the hell was her name and they're yelling at me now as they're listening to this <laughs> um mel aka mel practice yep yep all right <laughs> and serpentico not serpentico uh, dr luther um yeah spooky brandy i missed that <laughs> And Nyla Rose and then Kylie Ray, you know, all the mm-hmm. haters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting just to look back at to see, you know, that there's still a lot of faces that are still there in the company. Um, you know, I know, was it um, Strongheart, Seema's new thing that he was doing in China was supposed to be a big part of things. Um, and then, you know, obviously visas and the pandemic kind of prevented that from happening. Um, but that was supposed to be a big part of what the company's identity was going to be. But I don't know, four years on, I'd say the company's doing all right, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the people that, you know, were featured on this show, you know, Bucks, uh, Lucha Brothers, Jericho, Omega, Adam Page, you know, they're they're still around. SCU still going strong in the trios. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, But, yeah, so that's uh, our our This Day in Wrestling history. Um, Let's get into what you'd like to talk about from the last week in wrestling there, Adam. All right, I'll stick with the AEW, uh, and I'll say that we had the go-home show for this year's Double or Nothing this past uh, Wednesday. And, Joe, my question for you is, how does a show that opens with a really good OC match, has House of Black murdering people, a really good promo from the Blackpool Combat Club, how does a show with all that going for it end up being as boring as last night's Dynamite was? Like, I, I'm going to watch the pay-per-view regardless, but, like, literally the only thing that came, for me at least, that I came out of watching that show, I don't want to say caring about, but the only thing that had any kind of consequence was the fact that they announced where Collision was going to be recorded. You know, that's the only thing people was ta- were talking about. You know, without saying uh, Pepsi Phil, they, they implied it. And that was, like, the biggest thing to come out of the Go Home show because we've been getting these same pillar promos week after week after week after they were never good. You know, uh, if anything, and I'm going on a tangent here, Sammy Guevara was probably the best of the four last night. And he even he wasn't good. But what I'm getting at is, man, that was a bad dynamite show. If you were on the fence about getting the pay-per-view. Yeah, it was definitely it, this. The the streak of good dynamites is over with two, which happens, you know, yeah. um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with. And again, I, I hate to blame a crowd for sort of this sort of thing. But the like there was stuff there that the crowd could have been into 
but the crowd was just dead from like you know they weren't really up for the OC uh, Kyle Fletcher match, which was a really good match. Um, and I think a lot of it was there was like a little clunkiness at the beginning, just kind of like feeling each other out. That might have seemed awkward, and the crowd just did not care about a goddamn thing on this show. And I think, you know, because the, they say the wrestlers feed off the crowd's energy and that sort of thing. And when the crowd's not giving you nothing back, it's tough to go out there as a performer. And it's just like, you know, snake eating its own tail sort of thing. Um, maybe and, and, ra- maybe a live rampage will liven things up. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, I- I'm obviously not as huge as you are, but I'm a huge ECW fan. And when Sabu came out, I'm like, okay. Like, cool to see Sabu, I guess, on TV. And then they're like, oh, he's going to be a special enforcer for Adam Cole. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, now, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society is supposed to be afraid of Sabu? Like, okay. All right. <laughs> so this is where you and I are going to differ, okay? All right. You say you're an ECW fan? I'm an ECW fan. Uh, well, I, come on now. Listen. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. So, Sabu rules, man. And Sabu's awesome. Anytime that you can see Sabu pop up anywhere in 2023 and collect a paycheck, by all means, that's fantastic. Sabu's the man. Uh, he's, like, multi-time canceled. He's one of the funniest online presences that there is. Um, and I just saw um side friend of the show, Brandon, who had out of context tweeted an old Instagram photo of Sabu putting out some sugar on a pan, insinuating that that was his payday from doing the AEW show. Um, <laughs> and he just put out that he had ended up deleting the tweet because he's on a plane and it's blowing up his phone while they're trying to land. Um, but listen, it's notorious that Sabu, uh, you know, just as much as he'll do a... Sam Kinison-sized rail off the bars, he'll send you cat videos on Instagram at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know? He's an enigma unto himself. And getting all of that out of the way, Sabu has a legacy and a cachet that I don't think enough people can cash in on. And I'll say it's because Sabu's a little, you know, unpredictable and unreliable. But if you present him like how his uncle, the Sheik, was presented toward his later years, that it's less what he does now physically in the ring and more so of his legacy and what he could do to you. And as long as the heels sell it, then you could get Sabu over as a huge dude. And, you know, that was my favorite thing that happened on dynamite this week was Sabu coming out and he looked dapper as fuck. And even Taz who don't sell for nobody and buries everyone. He even put Sabu over on commentary, you know? Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the Taz, Sabu references and like the fact that Taz puts him over as like a scary dude. I don't like the fact that it's like, oh, this is a old foe of Chris Jericho. Who can forget all those classic ECW uh, feuds that took months and months to build up between Jericho and Sabu? Come on. They had one match. Yeah, and it wasn't even televised, was it? No, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was like, it was on uh, ECW Hardcore Warfare. Uh, hardcore, uh, hardcore Warfare Volume 2. No, it wasn't even good enough to make Volume 1. Well, this was the timing <laughs> of things. Yeah, I, I I argue with you that I am 80% at least the ECW fan that you were, and I don't, uh, I'm not popping for this. I pop for the initial appearance, but 
Nah, I'm not He's, here. I'm not here for it. He threw the chair at Daddy Magic, who sold like crazy. You know, one of the Jamokes in the Jericho Appreciation Society are taking the spike or the fork or the something from Sabu at the pay per view. And, you know, Sabu ain't taking no bumps, but, you know, neither is Brian Danielson right now. So, you know. Well, let me ask you this question you, Give me a percentage chance of happening. All right. right. No, 0% chance, 100%, 50-50, whatever. All right, chances Sabu hits an Arabian face buster on somebody. Zero. Really? Okay. Then I won't ask my follow-up question of the triple jump moonsault. <laughs> Less than zero. <laughs> Sabu like is going to spike someone and throw a chair at someone. The most you're going to see Sabu do is maybe... Outside and listen, I will. I'm not going to go as crazy and say as like I'll eat my John Cena hat. Um, like there's going to be people brawling outside the ring, and I could see Sabu setting up the chair and making like he's going to go and dive on the pile and get cut off by someone. Yeah, or somebody like I don't know. Like there's nobody on Adam Cole's side that can do that anyway. So never mind. I was going to say a babyface does it instead, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not excited for it. I would I would rather I don't know what his status is, but like give me cool Kyle any day over cool. twenty twenty three Sabu. I have a feeling cool Kyle will be at the pay per view. Have no fear. All right. And uh your fingers crossed on your boy Bobby Fish, right? Uh I think Sabu was the Bobby Fish replacement. <laughs> they went younger. <laughs> hundred people made that joke. I'm gonna be hundred and first. Right. They went younger and less problematic. <laughs> Yeah. All right, what do you got? Well, um, the short-lived dream team of myself and Josh Bishop has come to an end uh, as the Boog Z Knights, after one match, have already imploded. And uh, on the app, on the Saturday morning show that's on Peacock, I don't know what the fuck it is, right? Uh, But L.A. Knight cut, like, a super serious promo on Rick Boogs that, like, he's the one who lost the match and everything else like that. The ascension of L.A. Knight is beginning. And I'm going right now and saying, like, I think the easy bet is to say that he wins Money in the Bank. I say he's the second uh, fake champion that uh, Seth is winning at the Blood Oil Money show this weekend. Yeah? Yeah, he's going to... He's uh, L.A. Knight's going to win the Money in the Bank, and he's going to cash it in on Seth and get that belt. I mean, it does make more sense if you think about it logically. If you're going to cash in a briefcase, you want to do it against uh, somebody not Roman, you know? Right, and storyline, you know, Seth, the the opportunist that he's done it himself before, and now to be bitten in the ass himself, you know? And, like, obviously L.A. Knight, you know... I, they are fighting this L.A. Knight face turn. You know, the crowd wants to cheer him. He's like a super overact, but I get it that they're lean on heels. What are we going to do? Fucking push and like make Karrion Cross a threat, mm. you know? Yeah. Um. So they need a strong, he- like a second or third heel on, you know, that side of things. And, you know, as long as L.A. Knight's on TV, I'm cool, man. I obviously did not watch, uh, what was it, SmackDown, where the, the Boogsy Knights broke up. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I, like, I didn't watch it, but I saw the clips online, and I, I, I just, when I saw that, I knew that, like, a million hearts were breaking <laughs> as yep. that was happening, but uh, it does not affect me. But I can see LA Knight 
being uh, a challenger for the world title, I don't see him having it. I'm sorry, Joe. Well, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. All right. I'm going to uh, talk about something else, something that wasn't on national TV, Joe. But I want to talk about AIW Gauntlet for the Gold. Yeah. Where history was made. <laughs> Friend of the show, co-host of the show, Arthur MacArthur, the strongest man in all the land, came on this very podcast and he called his shot. He said people would be talking about his performance for days, nay, weeks to come. And he was right, Joe. A record-setting performance if there ever was one. Uh, Isaiah Broner may have won in the end, but the real winner of the night was already. Kudos to you, sir. Enjoy your Disney trip. Um, all in all, fun time on AIW, watching AIW. Um, I do enjoy the fact that everybody just is super pissed. Like the AIW faithful, the ones that go every week and every month or whatever, are so pissed that Broski hasn't lost the belts yet or the belt yet. And I just, I don't, I don't even care that he's the absolute champ. I just, I find it hilarious how mad they're getting. So I kind of ladle in that. Uh, mm. Obviously, wait for absolution. I'll lose it then. But anyways, kudos to Artie. Overall good show as well. And uh, as far as the returning names that were in the gauntlet, you were right. I I, I, I didn't. Like, I, I'm nothing against them. I was just like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's that guy as well. Just because I wasn't watching AIW when Magnum CK or Dr. Dan were on there, you know, so I was or, just like, all or, right. Or wrestling superstar Jerry. Yeah, wrestling superstar Jerry. I was just like, yeah, all right, cool. Good for the fans. But, you know, uh wasn't for me, pal. But overall, I love the show. Yeah, so uh, Thorne goes into it a little bit on the, a little bit more, obviously, on uh, the card is going to change with Ronald Two Legs. AIW company man. AIW company man, Christian name, Pat, I'm not going to say his last name. I want to make sure he gets his mention for being part of the podcast. But he kind of gets into it, you know, a little bit more in regards to the surprises. They actually film stuff backstage with uh, the three surprises and the Isaiah Bronner return. Um, and they're just kind of like slapdashing ev- everything together to see how the footage looks and what we're able to do. And kind of doing like the WWE thing. Where it's like we follow the, these people around all day, like leading up to their moment, coming out through the curtain, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm really interested to see that. And obviously, as you, not an old head of AIW uh, like myself, um, you know, we're coming up on my 10-year, you know, fandom run of AIW. Not that there's like a line in the sand that I could point to that's coming up um, <laughs> when that kind of sort of started. But... Um, I was I was very happy that I was able to get to watch the uh, entirety of the show. Um, you know, just little things here and there, just like running late, had to go do whatever. Um, the broski thing we could get into, but how much time you got, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, it's not necessary. I know that just about everybody on my timeline and that I interact with completely hates them, and I get it. I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. fan anymore. I just find <laughs> oh, it more... Oh, my God. I just find it really funny just how mad they get. And I'm just like, that's the point. You're getting mad at them, but you're still going to the shows. You want to see them lose and it's not happening yet. So relax. So I will say, um, you know, obviously Broski's injury kind of, I, 
I think, and again, I can't speak for all of these fans, okay? And this is my own opinion, just yep. based on seeing some of these people discussing these things both publicly and privately, right? Mm. Um, I think Broski's injury kind of put a hamper on this and kind of stretched things out. And John is doing his best to kind of inject some life into Broski's usefulness and getting somebody over, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that's essentially what Broski is and can and should be able to do and you know john mentions it on the podcast this week in regards to the match that he has with sam and again i don't think uh sam holloway listens to this show but i'll say you're in there with the real stiffy mcgee you could fucking light him up as much as because he is gonna no matter how hard or soft you hit him he's going to and does bury you on his podcast saying about how stiff you are go back and watch that match to see who's stiffer in that match (laughs) keep your eyes on who's trying to protect the vet and who's you know lacing into the young kid and bitching out on chops in a corner i'll just say that (laughs) but all of that being said i think a lot of where um broski is not broski is the traveling champion let's say or the traveling act that like comes into town you know lays whatever it has for the three to four months and then goes away, and then maybe you bring him back every once in a while now that he isn't established in your territory. Because the problem is, Broski ain't got a lot of cards in his hand to be playing, you know? Yeah, no, there, there's like, the it's the same playbook. It's low yeah. blow, it's interference from the outside, it's overwhelming numbers, you know? Yeah, and, and Broski will lie and say, oh, well, that's just, you know, my ECW tribute thing, and like, it's Raven when he was ECW champion. He wasn't fucking watching ECW when Raven was fucking champion, first of all. He's glomming that shit off Brian, okay? Yeah. Um, It's because it's lazy. Like, he's just doing the same lazy spots that he did with poor Chelsea, but now with a different girl, you know? And instead of having, you know, whether it be Swaggle or Brian or whomever else it is, it's Alfonso and PME and everything else like that. You know, like I said, my five things and your five things work together. But sometimes you got to add a sixth thing in there if you've been in the town for a year and you're just doing those same five things over and over again. And I just think a lot of the people are like, okay, it's the same old shit and there's no surprises. Mix it up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't do the 17 run-ins. Or maybe don't do the thing where, you know, I accidentally get hit by the chair by the girl, you know? Like, take that one out this month. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I did it the last eight months. The ninth month, we're going to leave that one at home, right? Yeah. Um... But that being said, on the flip side, I get where John comes from in booking Broski is that he brings a lot of extra people in. Uh, Broski is very helpful to a lot of people. Don't let his online persona, his podcast persona, his Facebook persona, or his actual real human personality (laughs) lead you to believe that he's not a good person to people backstage at the shows, apparently. Um, But I, I believe John and I believe Pat when they say those sort of things. Um, I, I tweeted out to some people of, you know, like, Hey, you really want to fuck with Broski's head? Like do this, you know, like when I saw people complaining about it, um, and like there was some people going back and forth and it was public and, you know, I don't know. I know Broski's a vanity searcher, but I don't think he's vanity searches Broski in all caps, you know, <laughs> it's um, the caps that throw it off. You it know? might be, um, but there's. I think there's ways to fuck with Broski's head if you want to be a fan and, like, organize something to really mess with him at the next show. Um, (laughs) 
And if you didn't see my tweets or it wasn't clear, you know, send me a message. I got like a whole dossier. Yeah, uh, that I can send you on how to mess with Broski's head. And it's not like, oh, I have this private information on him, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I saw the tweet and yeah. I was like, okay, that, that that's funny, but I think it would be disrespectful to whoever he's wrestling, though. Ah, again, we'll, we'll, we, we could talk, you know, listen, uh, we could talk you know, about you know. how that works, you know? Yeah. All right. I'll just say, you're, you're not doing it for the match, you're doing it for the entrance in the promo. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, uh, a lot of... Again, for what you described or what you suggested uh, to have that that many moving parts to then uh, undo that in time for the match, probably not going to happen. Man. Not a lot of quick movers in that AIW crowd. <laughs> <laughs> if you're motivated, you can move as If your hatred for Broski is so strong, that can motivate you to leave. Plus, most of them, uh, you know, they maybe they smoke something before the show. They might not find the way back to the arena. <laughs> I mean, just go out in the lobby or the vestibule. You don't leave the actual building, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, again, they, they still, you never know. Especially on your if you're on camera side. If Broski comes out and you see a wave of people leave as he's talking. Ah, <laughs> uh, that, that's just mean. What did he ever do to you? <laughs> nothing he did listen i i've said many times before people could fuck with me all they want and i'll let it slide you're shitty to people that i know i'll hold on to that stuff until the day i die and you die you know yeah. you and i'll take this grudge to the grave that you don't even know i have a grudge against you <laughs> um but uh, again we'll uh, clo- we'll close out with uh, saying this in regards to Broski, he wants to take it 1996 ECW. We're taking it 1994 ECW, and I'm doing like the Zandig pose over here. Nobody could see me doing it. Um, they used to do that shit, man, all the time. They would turn their backs on them. They would chant bingo at the bingo board. They would just like the entire bleacher section would leave for people. Like you would see 70 people just walk off when certain people would come up to cut their promos, you know? Mm-hmm. And Paul reacted. You know, he changed things up and he made things different. Or the person changed what they were doing. And I don't think Broski's got it in him to change what he's doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, unless, uh, I don't know. Like, I was just going to say, unless Brian gives him an idea. Marky. Yeah, I think, I think Brian likes staying home this weekend and not being bothered with Broski shenanigans, you know? Yeah. Well, Brian stays home most weekends nowadays. Hey. Got to enjoy that new house, you know? Yeah. That toy room ain't building itself. That's right. Go listen to the Major Wrestling uh, Figure Podcast. Uh, episode comes out for pores on Fridays. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor in the slightest. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Joe? Nah, I could have talked about Cody and his fake shitty broken arm thing and him and Triple H having the heart-to-heart at the end of Raw. That was real lame. But uh, I just did. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know what? Speaking of WWE, Joe, did you know that there's a pay-per-view this weekend? There is. Sammy Zane's taking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? 
Dewicky, the Soho popped me again this week. I'm like a baby giggling at keys. <laughs> it gets me every time. But, Joe, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, the World Wrestling Entertainment is hosting a premium live event this weekend entitled Night of Champions. Even though you won't watch the show, do you know the card? Um, I, I don't acknowledge or give any time to Saudi blood oil money shows. No. No. Nope. All, right. All right, fair enough. But as a backup, All Elite Entertainment or All Elite Wrestling uh, has double or nothing this weekend. Oh, so there's a second pay-per-view this weekend? There's a second one. This is the main event. Sammy Zayn sticking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? Once again, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, all elites double or nothing is this Sunday. Come on, Sunday. Don't they realize that some of us have work on Monday? Uh, there are Monday's nine- a holiday. You'd know that if you had a job. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> Uh, there are nine announced matches, zero of which are on the pre-show. Do you know the card? Uh, probably. You're not going to ask me about the N- the NXT show that's happening head-to-head with the uh, the AEW pay-per-view, are you? Because I'll play the song a third time. <laughs> I don't have it up on... No, no, we're good on that Okay. One. Nine matches announced so far. So we've got um, the uh, four pillars, four way for the AEW title which is uh, Sam Guevara, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Darby Allen, and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That is correct. Uh, we have the 21-person Blackjack Battle Royal with Orange Cassidy's uh, international title on the line. Yep, and beyond uh, uh, Ricky and OC, I don't think anybody's official. At least they, actually announced, they actually announced, uh, they put up the full graphic. Oh, they did. They did. Well, um, so you got QT, and I'm not. So you got QT. You got Aaron Solo. You got Ricky. Um, you got Keith Lee. You got Dustin Rhodes. Um, trying to think who else just off the top of my head from that uh, that I recognize. But like, yeah, you know, like anybody else who's like um, Juice Robinson and Jay White are in it. You know, like it's everybody like yeah. who's name enough that doesn't have a match on the main show, right? Now, I did not see that graphic. Did did they announce 21 people or did they at least leave a couple like for the surprise? Do you want me to look? That's not a big deal. I just didn't know if you knew offhand. No, I don't know offhand. All right. Fair enough. All right. So Blackjack Battle Royal main event. That's two. All right. Jamie Hayter defending the uh, ladies title uh, against uh, um, Tony Storm. Yep. You've also uh, got. That's the Adam Van special of the night, by the way. Uh-huh. You've also got uh, <laughs> Jade Cargill defending the title, the, the other lady's title, against Taya Valkyrie. Uh, DJ's favorite female wrestler, yep. Not named Dana Brooke. Oh, yeah, favorite AEW, I should, I should specify. My bad. You got uh, Anarchy in the Arena as the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, take on the Elite. You want me to name all the members of each crew? I trust that you know who they are. Okay. 
Um, you have Christian uh, taking on Wardlow for the TNT title in a ladder match. That is correct. Um, you have the Hardys and the one kid from Private Party taking on Ethan Page and the Guns. Ooh, very close. Very close, but you got something wrong in there. It's Ethan Page. That's correct. It's the Guns. That is also correct. It's the Hardys. Yeah, they bat a thousand so far. Oh, that's right. They did the injury angle to take the kid from Private Party out, right? Um, I'll take your word on that, but it's not him. <laughs> I don't know who the sixth person in that match is. It's Mr. Hook. Oh, I missed that. I completely missed that announcement. Yeah, it might have been on, like, the internet. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like a, okay. A video, uh, like a Twitter announcement or something, but Wikipedia says it's Hook. So that's seven. And you said there's nine, right? That is correct. I'm trying to think what the eighth one is, because I was saving the ninth for last. <laughs> like, the ninth for best, you know? I, I knew you would be. Uh, well, I can't remember the eighth match right now, and I'm probably kicking myself over it. Um, but, of course, we have, uh, for the AEW Tag Team Championship, uh, FTR Hair and FTR Bald are going to be defending the titles against former two-time AEW Tag Team Champions, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and some other person, and Mark Briscoe is the special guest referee for the match. That's correct. I, I'm surprised you didn't play the music, you know. And get it queued up for later. <laughs> usually have follow-ups to all this. And I'm kicking myself. I can't remember the ninth match. Uh, well, it's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And a man who I just, every week, oh. I implore will take me back. <laughs> we, we, we talked about uh, Sabu's involvement. And I completely forgot. Why is Sabu involved? Because there's an unsanctioned match between Adam Cole's baby and Chris Jericho. <laughs> Yep, that is uh, that's the completion. So go ahead and play the music, and then I, well, I'll just say this: I think if you go back and you listen to any time that we've done a does Jonah the card for an AEW show, um, I always forget Jericho's match. <laughs> that's just mean. I would never disrespect him that way. Uh huh. I've never showed Mr. Jericho anything but the utmost respect, and except for that one time somebody hacked my Twitter account. But I, uh, I have two-factor authentication now, so it's it, that's taken care of. You're not supposed to tag him in the tweet where you call me a bloated <laughs> corpse. Come on. It wasn't me. It wasn't right. me. I was hacked. Yeah. <sighs> All so right. can I? Yeah. Go do what you gotta do. Got to get to it here. I can just play it for the whole show. Yeah, it is a banger. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so uh, you want predictions? Is that what you want? Yeah, like, uh, go ahead. Your four pillars. Uh, let's, let's hear what you got to say about that. What's, All right. What's, who's the new champ, Joe? Well, okay, so the new champ is going to be Sting. Um. So, for sure, the Four Pillars match is opening the pay-per-view, okay? Uh, Max is going to win, and then at the end of the night, one of two things are going to happen. Uh, one of the things, the one that I really want to happen, is that uh, through a course of shenanigans and whatnots, 
they add a 10th match onto the main card, and it ends up being MJF versus Sting, and Sting wins the world title going into Wembley. Um, that's the thing I want to happen. I have a strange feeling, though, the Pillars match is still going to open the show, or at the very least, there's going to be some sort of thing at the end of the show involving MJF and CM Punk. I'd rather that not happen. Um, but I say let's shake things up. I, I, I went through a whole thing with DJ yesterday with them when I saw it at the comic book shop. Uh, even though Wembley is more or less sold out for the most part, what is going to be an easier sell and less stress on AEW's PR team? MJF as champion doing his shtick, where you have to explain he's playing a character and he doesn't really mean these sort of things, and he's going to say a whole bunch of things that are going to be like weirdly construed in the media. Or fucking Sting with your belt, man. Like, what's a better press thing? It's like, oh, it's Sting, the guy who's been wrestling on TV for the last 35 fucking years. Oh, the guy who's been in both WWF and WCW during their hottest periods, allegedly. Oh, uh, he's the champion. We don't have to do any prep because everyone fucking knows who Sting is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, so who, do, who does Sting lose the belt to at Wembley, then? He loses it back to MJF. Okay. Yeah. Nah, huh. I get where you're going at. Uh, like, CM Punk thoughts aside, I don't like the rest of it. Like, right. I get it's an alter, it's a better alternative yeah. for you and for many people than Phil. But, uh, all right. Uh, Wardlow versus Christian Cage. Christian is the new uh, TNT champion. I'd like to see that. I think that's happening. Yeah, I like that. Um, I don't know. Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite doesn't really have any stakes. That'll be fun. There'll be a bunch of cool shit that happens. Sure. Um, no, I get it. But hopefully, a bunch of people bleed. But you know, you can't have. Uh, hopefully, a bunch of people not named John Moxley bleed because John yeah, Moxley's John- bleeding regardless. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna say I think John gave up enough already. Like no. he might be a couple quarts too low. Nope, nope. He's blood doping as we speak. He's <laughs> they're injecting him with the ninth pint just so he has extra for the weekend. Uh there's no chance, please tell me there's no chance that Taya Valkyrie beats Jade, right? Zero point zero. You have a better chance of Sabu doing a double triple jump moonsault <laughs> than Taya Valkyrie winning that belt. Gotcha. My concern is like obviously they're waiting, and uh, whether it's it's like Chris Statlander, whether it's Mercedes Monet or whatever. Like at some point, like are they going to give up waiting and just like let somebody else win that belt? And God, don't let it be Taya. You know, I definitely think they're. I think they're waiting for the right quote unquote homegrown person. Statlander is the one that everyone speculates that it's going to be. That's who I'd put my money on. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I really don't care about it at all. Like, it really needs to go on somebody, but somebody good, and Ty is not it. Yeah, like, I like Jade. Like, I probably like Jade a lot more than you do, and I like the fact that they put Smart Mark with her. Like, I think that, I don't want to say freshens it up, because it goes back to, like, day one, but at least it, it, for me, it's better than the baddies. You know, just having the baddies there. Uh, I would honestly, like, I don't know what the deal is. Like, there was talk for months that, like, you know, oh, you know, Sasha is going to AEW. Like, I, if you're going to have CM Punk show up at the end of this show, at the end of the Four Pillars match, like, uh, if you were going to bring in Sasha, have a thing where Jade beats Taya and then, like, shit talks that, like, she can do it again and then have Sasha come out and beat her, you know, like, 
that's a somebody that's big enough where if Jade loses to her, uh, it's not going to be damaging. Like, honestly, I like Chris Statlander, but like, Chris Statlander hasn't been anything on AWTV in how long? So, you know, so it kind of just seems like out of left field to have her come without like, I need some video packages telling me who she is, you know? <laughs> it can't be Sasha this weekend because uh, Sasha uh, hurt herself this weekend, this past weekend. Oh, did she get hurt when she was wrestling Willow? Yeah, that's uh, allegedly they called an audible on the fly because um, she fucked up her ankle. We don't know if it's broke or not, but they say she's going to be out anywhere from six weeks to three months. Um, I know they announced the big building in Boston, and that's her hometown. So if they were going to do anything with Sasha Hurt or not, it would be at that building. Um, Tony in the pressers today was being real coy about what's going on with AEW and Sasha at this moment. Mm. So the only thing that's for sure is nothing's for sure, as Sting would say. Um, <laughs> that being said, we're going to get into the other thing with the women's uh, title, the main title, in that there's rumor that Jamie Hayter, because she hasn't been on TV for like the last two weeks, that she's hurt and isn't cleared to wrestle. So we don't even know if that match is going to happen. Um, I say you want to shake things. And Sean Ross Sapp on, what does he do, Fightful? And again, Sean Ross Sapp, whatever. Um, but he had said that with Jamie's injury, um, they're looking to kind of almost upheave the entire women's division completely. And I already sent my booking packet to TK this week. Mm -hmm. um, so I got no problem talking about it here. Have the outcasts win both belts. Have, uh, whatchamacallit, have um, Tony Storm win the title off Jamie or get the title on Tony Storm that way. Do a match on TV where it's like the numbers game just overwhelm Jade and they like hook or crook and get the belt off Jade. And then you have the outcast with both those belts and then just for the summer have them run roughshod over the women's division. Um, Jade can be rehabbed. You could fake an injury to get her to come off. Um, Jade comes back with reinforcements and you could build a story that none of the other women have a unified front or they're not reliable. And I say this in, you know, a positive way that like people like Riho or Shida are constantly back and forth between the United States and Japan. So you can kind of put that like the babyface side thing just can't get that united front. And because the outcasts are there together, they have each other's back. They're always working together. They're always in tandem. Like, no three women have been able to get that stuff together to be able to do that. And you have Soraya walking around with the two belts. It doesn't matter, like, if Tony has one or Ruby has the other or whatever. It's Soraya, that image of her walking around with those two belts just rubbing in people's face. Like, that's going to be heat. That's going to be whatever. And then when finally Jamie's ready to go and finally Statlander's ready to go and finally you get for fucking um, Sasha right. Banks ready to go. Or whoever yeah. it is. Yeah. And then you have them as the united front. And they, they're the ones that finally get the belts back off the outcast. You know, I think that's what I wrote in my packet to Tony this week. I send up <laughs> a packet every week, you know? Yeah. Just to Does see it if it gets returned anything. No, does it, get, it doesn't get returned to send. No. Right? No, right, no. Maybe he's reading it. You never know. Maybe. And again, uh, listen, the show devolves into fantasy booking when we talk about these sort of things. Um, but it is what it is, you know, they got to do something, shake things up, man, do something different. Yeah. Well, I, I'm fine with that. Cause I'm going to do some fancy booking on this next one, or at least, uh, the future of it. Uh, OC retains in the blackjack battle Royal. 
OC should always retain um, with that title. However, I say you want to shake things up. If you have a big name who's ready to go and ready to, to debut, maybe you have them do it there. And or if you're ready to start heating up and get uh, swerve away from, unfortunately, the dead Keith Lee program and move him up higher on the card, you have swerve win it. And then you do best friends against the Swerve Embassy as your summer program to do a singles match with OC and Swerve somewhere. And like OC wins it back. But uh, I think that's, you know, I I think that would benefit like all parties involved. I think an OC Swerve match would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, if you're going to you're going to press me on it, OC retains. Yeah. No, I I definitely think that. Swerve needs to get the hell away from Keith Lee and from Dustin. And uh, th- luckily, he's he doesn't have those two guys that are in the mogul affiliates around him anymore. So that's a step up. But he still has uh, Nick. I was about to say Nick Gage, but <laughs> Brian Cage with him. So that's not that great. Um, my fantasy booking for this is like I- I'm one of the guys that says like Orange Cassidy should never lose that belt and it should just be like a forever reign. But the rumor in innuendo of Drew McIntyre quite possibly not re-signing with WWE and maybe being available in time for Wembley. I think that that's one thing that I would allow. Not that I'm a Drew fan, but I think that if you have him be the person who takes it from OC in front of all the people in Wembley, like that would make them AEW fans for life. And like I could kind of excuse it like OC has been defending week after week after week and his his hand is messed up and he's worn up worn down his back is hurting and then like, I guess you can finally lose the belt to like a, a, a top guy in a stadium you know I'd be okay with that yeah okay but we'll see about Drew that's all yeah. I'm saying no I get you I'm just saying like I'm we're fantasy booking here yeah but that's all the thoughts I have. I think MJF's retaining. You know, I don't, you know, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal obviously winning the tag belts. I'm fine with that. You know, uh, Adam Cole versus Jericho, whatever. I don't care. Um, Adam Cole should win if the projected plan going forward um, without Sting beating MJF for the title and without CM Punk being positioned as the next MJF challenger the alleged next challenger for MJF is Adam Cole. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on the (laughs) pay-per-view? We're going to make it three times, baby. This one's going to stick though, right? This is the one that's going to stick. Jeff is going to have bald laid out, ready for the pin. And he's going to shake his hands Shake his head, yes. Go for the pin. And the referee's going to count one, two, three. Even uh, if you just do a hot shot thing for like a month with them with the titles, I think this is Jeff and his partner's uh, moment. They're winning the titles at double or nothing. I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I wouldn't mind. I'd pop uh, as kind of like a, a sympathetic pop. Like I'd be popping on your behalf on that one. Thank you. Um but I will say, can I paint you a doomsday scenario? Okay. Mark Briscoe gets bumped and Aubrey comes out. That's not a doomsday scenario. 
So Mark Briscoe gets bummed and Aubrey comes out. Karen Jarrett beats the shit out of her. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. She's Aubrey's undefeated against Jarrett and his, his crew. Uh-huh. Karen is the, the great equalizer, so I can see that. He certainly is. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett seldom loses, does he? I'm not going to say he never loses, but he seldom loses. When, even right. when he loses, he wins. That that is true. That is true. All right, that's but all no, I got I, for the pay per view. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the pay per view this weekend. You know, it'll be fun time getting together with folks, watching it. Got no work on Monday, so I could stay out late and not have anything to worry about. There's yeah, the mystery nice to... of is Punk gonna day return at the pay per view? Who knows? Yeah, it is nice to finally be able to watch a wrestling show and not have to work the next day. I agree. Yeah, you know, it's a nice <laughs> change of pace. Sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Punk is already back on the AEW roster page. He's been off since, you know, September. And uh, very slyly, they put him back on today. Yeah, well, I mean, they've been announcing figures of his for months. So it's, it was the worst kept secret. Yeah. I'm sure they'll put him back on the cover of the video game. You know, the video game got its announced date for, for next month. and Yeah. Not, not that I'll be buying it, but I remember he was the like he was in the, on the cover, and then they took him off after Brawl for uh, brawl Out, you know? He'll be back on. Yeah, I won't be buying that. Like, I'm not a day and date sort of guy. I'll see, um, you know, people who get it and see how they feel about it. You know, I know um, on their Twitch channel, OC and uh, Uno were playing it a bit. And it looks fun, but I don't have time for that sort of video game playing. You know, when it's like in the $20 bin, I'll pick it up. Yeah, $20, $30, bucks, kind of my ceiling nowadays for video games. Yeah. All right, do we have voicemails? We got a ton of voicemails. Batting down the hatches, my friend. Let's kick it off. Hello, guys. It's the strongest man on the land, Arthur MacArthur, reporting live from good old Disney World. Uh, today, as of this call on Tuesday, just got done with Epcot. If you haven't been to Disney World or you've been before but haven't been recently, you got to go on the Guardian of the Galaxy ride. Probably top five, if not the best ride Disney World has to offer. Awesome shit. Anyways, I have to comment on that story because, you know, I try to stay out of wrestling topics and discourse, but after seeing all this talk about wrestling theology blow up, I have to comment because I used to wrestle there a few times back when I was first starting out. You know, getting those reps in probably shouldn't have in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I was just trying to get out there and get that experience, whatever. But uh, I do have to confirm Mikey Montgomery's story about the Bible versus the envelope with no money. That 100% happened. I saw it happen. I actually felt so fucking bad. I took Mikey and um, an unnamed wrestler to Mellow Mushroom and paid for the dinner. And we actually, that's where actually where I got to meet uh, Sean Patrick O'Brien. Rest in peace. It was good times. And uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to get your thoughts and comments on it. I'm sure this is a great topic. Man, this is the second, like, weird wrestling promoter topic we've brought in a while. All right, that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Uh, thank you for calling from a Disney World bathroom, Marty. <laughs> That's how every phone in Orlando sounds. It's, it's not just already. Yeah, that is true. But I am jealous that he got to go on the Guardians ride. Again, yeah, I like I said, I haven't been to, you know, we talked about it last week when he asked for suggestions. I haven't been to no Disney in forever, and it's like a completely different park these days, you know? 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so what um, Artie was referring to was a Mikey Montgomery tweet uh, from the other day uh, where there was a wrestling promotion, uh, wrestling theology, if you can understand what Artie was saying, that took some promo pics of some guys um, and printed off some trading cards of them and then started selling those trading cards of the wrestlers without getting the wrestlers' permissions, not only for the uh, photos, and then he posted like this big notes app thing explaining how much he was selling them for, how much he was making on them, and so on and so forth. So not only are you a crooked businessman, but you're a bad businessman. Yeah, like not only making them without their permission, but like not giving them the money. Like it'd be yeah. one thing it's like, hey, I made these cards and sold them. Here's your cut. No, it's just there was nothing in there. And then he claimed, a, oh, we're just a small little promotion. We don't make any money. We just do it to spread Jesus love. Like, like I don't be mad at us. Listen, like, it, it, there's one thing that these spreading Jesus love people do, and that's make a buck, right? Yeah. <laughs> and for you to go through the it would have been better off for you not to pay Mikey than to give him like you first of all like to go that far like you don't know what Mikey's religious beliefs are and like what you did could have been offensive to him on a spiritual level like you don't know that Mr. turn the other cheek and whatever your religious beliefs are I'm sure going to be white Christian um mm-hmm. But to go through the trouble to get an envelope out and have a specially prepared Bible verse that you give to people in an envelope under the guise of money that you've probably done hundreds of times before. Um, Let this be a lesson to you. Someone needs to keep a master list or remember these things. Just ask me because I do. Um, All these fucking flim flam people, all these scam artists, all these ripoff people. Sometimes I might need to shake out an old phone to find a DM or find the folder that the uh, screenshots are in. But uh, what a scumbag promotion this is, huh? Yeah. Like, I'm not following them on Twitter, but I'm keeping an eye on their account to see, and they haven't done anything recently, but to see if there's any follow-up tweets or uh, or when they eventually announce their next show. Like, I'm going to try to pull out my inner doxy on this one, and I'm just going to constantly hound this promoter until I get blocked. Oh, they follow me. I don't follow them. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, you're big time, Joe. I'm just a oh, small fish, you know? For sure. But, uh, no, that, that, that fucking... At least Mikey, his tweet exploded. He can go to Taco Bell a hundred times. That's right. I'm sure he'll take Ed with him, you know? (laughs) Possibly. Next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. This is Brett. As I sit here watching Dynamite, I remembered I have to call you guys. But then Sabu showed up. That's right. (laughs) If you don't get a stare down between Sabu and Taz or Sabu and Hook, this Sunday, then really, what are, what are we fucking doing? Uh, but I, I had a question for you guys. Um, who are you more excited for their return to Japan? Uh, Eddie Kingston for New Japan or Broski for DDT? <laughs> I'll listen. Goodbye. All right, first question. Uh, do, does Sabu have a kid or at least no. one he knows of? No, not that he knows of. Oh, that'd be great to have Hook versus Sabu's kid. Like, if you had one, obviously. I oh. think a couple months ago at a convention somewhere, um, Hook and Sabu took a picture together. So, yeah, it's just not the same, though. Yeah. You know, uh, I will say without a shadow of like 
trying to make it a bit, it's Eddie Kingston a thousand percent. You know, come on, I'm not like, what am I doing here? I'm not going to say broski. (laughs) You know, I now again, I'm super excited for Eddie uh, to be going to Japan, especially for it being New Japan strong, especially to show a Kirk and Hall. Um, It's the first weekend in July. Um, Hopefully, it leads to more and more returns to Japan for Eddie. I know that's something that he wanted and has wanted. Again, I think the last time he was to Japan was like 2008, 2009. So it's like way long overdue. I know he's coming off the hernia surgery. Uh, He's supposed to be cleared the third week of June, which is like two weeks before the trip. Um, So, you know, fingers crossed that everything like the recovery goes well. He's able to do the trip. They announced him. He was part of the video package. I'm super excited. Now, I will add this only caveat here, and Brett and DJ had mentioned this over on uh, We Need Wrestling. Uh, I am excited for the Broski trip to DDT only if he has any interactions with pheromones. I I don't know what that means. Adam, I'm not going to tell you what pheromones is. But when we're (laughs) done here, I want you. This is extra homework for you because you you deserve this. (laughs) You need to go look up any matches. Just put, like, DDT pheromones into, like, your YouTube search engine. You might want to make sure that the safe search, uh, you might like, want to do it in an incognito window, let's just say. Okay, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just yeah. close one of those Pornhub tabs and open up a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right. a different, uh, it's, a, it's a different thing. But if if Broski plays ball with them, like, he might get, like, a week off of me talking shit on him. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm, he, got half sure. a, he got half a show last week. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Next call. Next call. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JP here. Alrighty. So, um, for the first time in a little bit, we, the listeners, have had some homework. So, oh, I forgot. Picking out a match for almost. Well, I feel like the only logical answer for money is, uh, Rick Boogs. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get that. Um, just for the, um, promo package or vignette alone. Of um, almost your however many pounds, and you get the super cut um, or the fast edits of Rick Boog shredding and then lifting, you know, almost his weight in, well, weights in between shredding sessions. It'll be the best. Um, can't wait to uh, hear uh, Rick Boog's uh, just shout out uh, almost sapiens. I'm going to rock you. So, yeah. Got that. Um, I'll call back in a little bit later asking for wrestler matches, homework things. All right. I, I I think that that would work, but here's this is what I want to happen. I want like kind of like a training montage or like a, like a, it's a martial arts movie where he has to go to different masters to get like the training to fight almost. And he has to go like study at the feet of like Van Hammer and Man Mountain Rock, <laughs> and like get all the skills that he needs to face almost. He gets all the uh, former guitar people in World Wrestling Entertainment get a payday for the almost yeah. versus Rick Boogs match. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with that. Uh, like I said, I so I don't like I. Thanks for the call, JB. I love the idea of it being Rick Boog because he's a big, muscly, strong man. But sadly, like, they're on completely different levels, I think, in WWE. Like, almost they consider probably, like, upper middle card, where Rick Boogs is probably, like, bottom lower card, you know? Mm-hmm. He's he's not top dollar, but he ain't too far off from top dollar, you know? 
on the pecking order things. Almost versus top dollar. No, <laughs> I hope nobody no, calls in with that one. <laughs> oh my god, almost versus top dollar would be the funniest fucking thing ever. But <laughs> and give them twenty minutes. <laughs> you need, you need to start building Rick Boogs, like having them take on like all these other big dudes. Where in the match, the matches are all built around him slamming the dude, right? And it's just like bigger and bigger guys that he's finally slamming, like whether it be tall guys or fat guys or tall fat guys or whatever it is. <laughs> and then it gets to the point where it's like Omos, where like Omos is having like a body slam challenge, like old school, like MVP's like, no, no, like just John Studd style where it's like $15,000 if you could body slam me, right? And nobody could do it. But then on the other show, Rick Boogs is like having these matches where during the course of the matches, he's body slamming bigger and bigger guys. And he comes out and he's the one that he's got uh, almost up in the uh, upright and locked position, as the Hulkster would say, when he would slam a big nasty giant. And then he has almost up off his feet and fucking MVP hits him with the cane. Oh, my goodness. Now you've got the match set up. And then in the course of the match, almost wins. But during the match, almost gets body slammed by Rick Boogs. So Rick Boogs gets the money. He gets the moral victory. He's the first guy ever to body slam almost. Um, yeah, again, I, I think I have to uh, send that one to to Brucey this week. I, I think that you're you're sleeping on incorporating the Boogs Express and like the the red, white, and blue track pants and all that stuff. Let's bring back the entire Lex Luger thing. Mm. If the if the angle has fire, we do a rematch, and that's what we could do for the rematch. All right, it, this one won't end in a count out and a celebration, though. No, no. All right, uh, JB calls right back. He said he was gonna, and he did. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here calling about um, you know wrestler match recommendations. So um, one thing that I had noticed is that for Allah, all of my voicemails thus far. Um, and it's largely indicative of the larger national um, TV wrestling business has all been um, men for wrestlers. So I wanted to get um, your input on some uh, women's wrestlers. So um, I had come across the Alundra Blaze um, Bonacano um, match uh, from uh, SummerSlam 94, um, and that was really, I liked that one. Um, so I would be curious if um, y'all had any recommendations about uh, Bonacano. I know that um, she has a lot of matches um, in Japan. I believe all of Japan, I think. Sorry, I bumped the mic, so who knows how that showed up with how that sounded on your end. I know that... Um, yeah, she's big in Japan. Um, so I was wondering if y'all had any uh, insights that or a lender plays if um, yeah, y'all know. So let me know. See, a, a lunger blaze, nah. If you said Alexa Bliss, I, I'd have like, mm. a bunch. But uh, yeah, that's all. That's before my time, kid. <laughs> so um, I know this might be a hot take. Um, a lunger blaze, Medusa overrated. Yeah, I mean, she was a a competent wrestler in an era where like women didn't wrestle, you know. Um, and I, so I will say, th- you know, and I will say this: I am woefully ignorant when it comes to uh, Joshi, especially from the eighties and nineties, which is where Bull uh, Nakano had most of her fame and most of her success. 
Um, I would feel as though if you go and search, let's just say, Bull Nakano versus Aja Kong, you're going to find some good stuff. If you search um, Bull Nakano versus Minami Toyota, you're going to find some good stuff. And I will throw this out here as an oddity for you, right? Um, so Bull in the mid-80s, uh, Bull Nakano was part of a tag team with Dump Matsumoto. And they actually wrestled on a Madison Square Garden WWF show in like 86, maybe. Um, is the match good? Probably not. But it's so weird to see the crowd just not know how to react to these two characters looking the way that they do in 1986 and being commentated on by like Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes, who just have no fucking clue who anybody in the match is. <laughs> And if you were curious, because I looked it up while you were talking, uh, according to Meltzer, the highest rated uh, Alexa Bliss match was the uh, Money in the Bank 2018, where she won the belt or won the uh, the briefcase and then cashed in later in the night at four stars, which I think is uh, really short change here. It should be seven. I don't count when I look at people's best matches. I'm like, oh, it's a multi-man ladder match or a multi-person ladder match. That doesn't count. Give me a singles match. Give me a triple threat. Give me a tag match. That's what counts. Or it's like, oh, there's eight people in the match and we give it four stars. Like, yeah, it was just a car crash. That's great. Like, you did nothing in that match that stands out, you know? So a triple threat's okay, but, like, once you add, like, a fourth person, it gets too convoluted? Uh, fourth person's okay, too. But, like, once you're up to six or eight and it's a ladder match and it's a Money in the Bank match, that doesn't count. Uh, all right. So, like, her number two was a Royal Rumble match. Right. Uh, so that okay. Count. <laughs> uh, number three was a Fatal Five-Way. Uh, so that's still too many. Close. Uh, no- number four, another Royal Rumble. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. here- Keep going. Fifth, uh, her fifth highest rated match, according to Meltzer, at 3.25 stars is Bliss versus Bailey from Payback 2017. And that's probably really good. Bailey's awesome. So is Alexa. Uh huh. <laughs> Miss you, Alexa. Yeah, she's she's, she's yelling at Stanley <laughs> Steamer people on Twitter today. <laughs> got enough problems the way it is. All right, next call. Hey guys, it's uh, Andy Header. I was thinking about an almost dream match, and I don't think I have one. Maybe Sid was still wrestling, but uh. Maybe he wrestles Roman, and it just starts out, and he ducks the clothesline, or Roman does, and then Spirit, and then uh, Superman Punch, and that's it. And we never see him almost ever again. That'd be great. No. But I was wondering, I'm sure you guys have talked about as a car horn honks. Um, are you guys getting the AEW game now that it's finally announced? And if so, who's your first pick going to be? I'm going to be OC, because that'd be awesome to play with Orange Cassidy that's actually in a game. Oh, yeah, and that uh, PPW last weekend, one of the most over guys. Big Dan Champion, so hopefully I get to do something with him there soon. All right, see you guys. PP- Dan's over in PPW. Like, have these people never watched wrestling before? Like, why is Dan over? Because Dan's over no matter where he goes. Dan's the best. Uh, I don't know. I don't agree with that. <laughs> um, I I would like to see Sid versus Almost. I think that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be like Elegante versus Sid levels. You know. <laughs> Yeah, um, like we both said, we, we aren't going to rush to play the game. But if it was in front of you, like, I, I think we would both probably also want to see OC's entrance and like try his moves and stuff like that. Is Eddie Kingston in the game? Do we know that? 
I don't know. I didn't dive that far into like what the roster looks like and stuff. Yeah. Um, like I saw people saying like, oh, the bunny's in the game, but the butcher and the blade aren't. Or like this person's in, but that person's not. Um, absolutely. Story mode with OC, win all the titles, do whatever. Now, the one thing that I did see when I was watching them on the Twitch stream is um, you, as the guys are coming out, you get to control the um, entrance. Where, like, certain buttons set off more or less or different pyro, and then you could switch camera angles and stuff during the entrance. Can is there a button where, if you're playing as Phil, you can jump into the crowd and break your ankle? That's a good question. I don't know what the uh, the UI on that sort of thing is, you know? Yeah, maybe they're saving it for DLC. Right, that's what I would do. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Andy. Yeah. Next call. Hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. It's Charlie Butters. Um, had to call in and, and get my reply in for this almost match. Right. <laughs> uh, I think the correct answer here is almost versus Nick Gage in a death match. Uh, it's the only way almost would be entertaining is having him against uh, a guy like Nick Gage and just doing death match shit. Uh, so that's my answer. Uh, thanks to Adam for calling in to our show all the time. With his funny bits, uh, it's it's become pretty fun to uh, see what he comes up with to somehow talk about your guys' Patreon. <laughs> uh, but keep that up. We enjoy it. All right. Take it easy. Uh, and I will talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Why do I feel like when he said funny bits, he was doing air quotes? He just didn't tell us. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I'm glad you're doing funny bits on their show, but not on this show. No, I saved my good stuff there. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I love the idea of almost versus Nick Gage. Oh, my God. Uh, Going to make Nick Gage look mobile and active. Oh, put him in there against almost who could barely move in the first place. And I want to see like almost do the cheese grater, like get the fucking like pizza cutter thing. And then you build up and you have almost beat Nick Gage for the belt that he stole off Broski this past weekend. And then you do almost versus Broski in a GCW show. <laughs> uh, who do you think that would the GCW audience finally cheer Broski or would they have to cheer for almost? No, fucking there's no I can't think of a person that you could put in the ring against Broski that the GCW crowd would cheer for Broski over them. Is it because Broski's a WWF guy, or is it because Broski beat Nick Gage? It's because Broski beat Nick Gage. If but those like are if, your options that you're giving me, it's because Broski beat Nick Gage. But if almost also beat Nick Gage, and he's a more recent WWE guy, would he still be cheered over somebody who beat Nick Gage like two years ago? I think almost is more likable and endearing than Broski, so yes. <laughs> Can't argue that. All right. That's right. Thanks, Butters. Thanks, Butters. Next call. Hey, Adam, Joe, and whomever your guest may be. Yes. Kevin Marshall, longtime listener, first time uh, listening in six months. I uh, saw your prompt on Twitter for the question about uh, the almost WrestleMania Dream Dash. First and foremost, almost as a giant in attraction. So any match at WrestleMania is a dream match. Let's just get that straight. Well, uh, I'll entertain it. Uh, and I'm going to say a name that I think has probably already come up at least three or four times by now. Michael Elkin. <laughs> With the stipulation that whoever wins the match gets custody of Michael's son. 
I, I haven't mapped out the angle completely yet, um, but it does involve Michael spending a few weeks showing up to Raw at ringside, holding up signs like the old right to censor that say, give me back my son. <laughs> uh, and he finally does this and runs the fall of Omos. They feud. It ends with almost winning and almost gets his son full-time custody as a shoot, by the way. We don't tell Michael that until after the match. But, uh, yeah, that's my pitch. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, love you all the time. <laughs> that's a call it, I'm sorry. All right, bye. I was going to say, I don't know if... I don't, Kevin's got his podcast confused, you know? <laughs> it's been a while since he called in. Um, yeah. I, he's a listener. We're chatting today. Um, I love it. First of all, uh, Kevin, put some respect on his name. It's Michael Ronan now. It's not Michael Elgin. Oh, um, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's a bo- he's a born again Christian as well. I think he's going to wrestle for that wrestling theology and de- demand to be paid in Bible verses. <laughs> um, so, Adam, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was going around um, when Jake Hager first got released from World Wrestling Entertainment, and he did an indie show where he wrestled Michael Elgin. No, I didn't see that. And, like, Jake Hager shows up, like, literally wearing, like, what he wore to the gym that day to wrestle. And, you know, Jake Hager's a big guy. And standing next to Elgin, like, he's, like, at least a foot and a half taller than Elgin. It's one of the funniest pictures you'll ever see. (laughs) Uh, So imagine Omos, who's, like, a legit, like, seven-plus whatever-foot guy standing next to Michael Elgin. Like, Michael Elgin's going to come up to his waist. And I... I love the idea that the match is for the cust- full custody of Michael Ronan's son, and they do it a la Ray and Eddie with the ladder match, you know? But yeah, the yeah. problem is, because Michael Ronan's so short and El- or, and uh, Omos is so tall, they Elgin climbs the ladder, and he's still sh- too short, and he can't reach the contract, and <laughs> Omos literally steps on the bottom rung of the ladder, and that's really all he needed just to reach up and grab it with one, one, one hand, and that's your finish of the match. Or I uh, can I do you one better? Like uh, Elgin needs the ladder, but almost just has to reach up on his tippy toes. He doesn't even need the ladder. Yeah, like I think there's the whole thing of like it needs to be like he needs to get on that one rung, and the whole time El- Ronan's fighting him from getting on that one rung because even if he just gets on his tippy toes, like if Elgin just goes to lift him up for a move, you know he could do it. But it has to be like we we need to have that spot where like. Because you know how the whole thing, it's like, oh, they're climbing the ladder, they're climbing the ladder, and they've gone up three rungs, and they're reaching, they're like, oh, I'm not close enough, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's to give the guy more time. So Elgin's like literally standing on the, t- Ronan, excuse me, he's standing literally on the top of the ladder where it says you're not supposed to stand, and he's like jumping, trying to reach, and he can't reach it. Yeah. And then almost is just like, yoink, just like that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And uh, Kevin, not that you'll hear this, because you probably won't listen, uh, but the the dream is over with Christopher Morrell. We should have traded two days ago. That's two days in a row without a home run, and that's something that only he'll understand. I don't know what that. That's that sounds like baseball stuff. It is. It's a, both me and him hit the same lottery ticket with a free agent pickup, and now we uh, we I should have traded early, but nah, he talked me out of it anyway. How many how many touchdowns did the A's make today? Uh probably zero. It's the A's. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, all right, so we got two things this week, and Joe says I can only call once. So let's no, I did. Uh, my dream WrestleMania match for Omas, uh, maybe inspired by some homework, too, 
is Omas to take on, oh, let's see, the Harris brothers. Oh. But not in, the, not in the two on one, not in the handicap match. Um, but I'm trying to think based on what we know of the Harris brothers, uh, who else might want to beat them up? So it'll be Omas and Goldberg versus the Harris brothers. All right. And that's my mania pitch. Uh, for other things, though, we got the, you know, collision confirmation and it's going to be in Chicago for first episode, which we expect it and everything. Um, but then they're showing, you know, uh, Miro, Andrade, Thunder Rosa. Uh, we're all expecting punk. Do you think there's a situation where, as part of collision, punk, who was never pinned for the AEW world title, and Thunder Rosa, who was never pinned for the AEW women's title, come out with those titles, say they're still champions, and we get two world titles, two sets of world titles in AEW. Wouldn't it shock me? Uh, either way, get some drama into the initial show there. Just curious your thoughts of that. You, you never know what Joe hears in the ether, either. So, looking forward to listening to the show, looking forward to a great Patreon episode, and looking forward to a ton of wrestling this holiday weekend. Talk to you later, guys. Um, first let's address the fact that like he somehow made an Omos and Harris brothers match worse by including Goldberg. Like what are you, what are you doing? Oh, Siri, you know, I, I am all about an Omos Goldberg in 2023 power team. Let them <laughs> like, let Roman and solo <laughs> win the tag titles at night of champions this weekend. And then their next challengers are Omos and Goldberg. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's hilarious. All our listeners got a lot of good ideas for this yeah. match. I'll say. I, I actually do like the idea of punk and uh, thunder Rosa still laying claim to their respective titles. And it's somehow resulting in more world titles. Cause it's like, why not? You're going to have 27 hours of TV. Let's, let's get more belts. You know, I like the idea. Um, you're, you're, I, you're on the right track. I really like that. That's like very old school of like, you know, but I think you can't have the two of them do it at the same time. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously. And it's the person who comes back who does that is always the heel. Um, and again, you know, whatever your opinion of Thunder Rosa is, I think she, she has more legs as a baby face than a heel. As long as the heels she's wrestling, the heels that she's wrestling against don't undermine her like happened before. And then Punk, I definitely think is going to come back as a heel, but I think having Don Callis with him is more the thing than having him come back as like the uncrowned champion. Cause technically he was the champion twice and didn't lose the belt. Um, either time. Um, so like I said, for a guy who in his mind thinks he's the next Bret Hart, he's more or less coming across as the next ultimate warrior or the next 1990s Shawn Michaels. <laughs> How dare you? I was with you for the first part of that, but you lost me in the second half. Uh huh. That don't work for me, brother. Nope. Thank you for That's the call, not- Kevin. And Kevin, you're a lot. It's Adam who says you're only allowed to call in one time, but obviously as you can see by, uh, JB and our next caller for the pink button, no one listens. <laughs> Call it as many times as you want. Pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, and we had a question last week. It's the Dream Almost opponent. And other people might have called in and given theirs. You guys gave yours. I just want to let you guys know you're all wrong. All right. Uh, none, none of what anybody says for sure is correct because there's only one Dream Almost opponent. And that's because that's pretty much everybody's the Dream opponent for them in wrestling. And I think we're a pro wrestler. And, uh, 
I really want to see how they how they react as a pro wrestler in a very pro wrestling situation. I just think, what would this person do in a match with Madman Pondo? Madman Pondo is the correct answer. Almost versus Madman Pondo would be the funniest match, and uh, that's that's it. That's it. That's the only right answer. Uh, sorry, everybody else had to be so wrong. It's Madman Pondo. Hey, bye. Hey, Joe. Yes. Who's Madman Pondo? Oh my God, he's a a, a loyal juggalo uh, wrestler. He's been a hardcore extreme wrestler for like the last like thirty years. Um, he was previously married to Sarah Logan before she went off with whatever member of the Viking Raiders uh, is with. Um, he was a tag team back when we were allowed to like the Necro Butcher back in like the early to mid two thousands. Again, you not knowing who Madman Pondo is is almost as shocking as me finding out one of our listeners don't know who Sabu is. <laughs> so basically, the Madman Pondo thing, it, it's the same aesthetic as having almost wrestle Nick Gage. Uh, a little bit like... Um, <sighs> hmm. Who's more mobile these days? <laughs> Nick Gage. Pondo's probably more mobile. Um, but Pondo's like in that same ballpark. Um, you know what? It's probably on YouTube. You have another assignment this week, Adam. Oh, I'll get right on that. All right. So <laughs> in Kaplan's first match in AIW, it was against Madman Pondo. Okay. And again, I know that was before your time, whatever. Um, is it on the AIW YouTube? I don't know. Um, but I'll see what I could do to find that match for you. But if you could find, uh, Kaplan versus Madman, you see a picture of what Madman Pondo looks like here as I have okay. it on the thing. Where did I see that blade before? Did, was he on the, the Bill Alfonso show? Yeah, he was on the Bill Alfonso show. Okay. I see. I remember him from that, that giant like saw blade. Yeah, see, there you go. So you know who Madman Pondo is. Don't act like you don't know who Bat Madman Pondo is, right? All right, I, I saw him once. It was very hot that day. All right, it was very hot that day. Madman Pondo's a good one, though. All right. I want an almost super card of all of these matches. <laughs> almost has to wrestle 16 times in one day. <laughs> no, you got to spread it out. There's more money in just having this be like a, a weekly thing, you know? The almost invitational. Oh, there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, Ed called in one more time. Yeah. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, so, PlastaCon is next week, right? And there's wrestling at it, which Derek and PME will be wrestling at. I'm very excited. But, um, besides my panel, there's another wrestling panel that I'm going to be going to because, um, they scheduled the poor bastard against the wrestling show, which sucks. They did that to me one year, and it, it's really nobody shows up. It's, it sucks really bad. So I'm I'm going to be uh, nice and go to that panel. It's called Wrestling Is Anime. So I want to know uh, what do you think that's going to be? Because my two thoughts are: Do you think that's going to be wrestling anime conversation? Right. So we're going to talk like Ultimate Muscle, which uh, rules. You're right. And, uh, like, Tiger Mask, W, and stuff like that. Or do you think it's going to be, like, anime tropes that also exist in wrestling? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's for sure one of those. Man, I hope it's about Ultimate Muscle. We talk about Kevin Mask. He's so dope. 
They make Ultimate Muscle Comics? Is that a thing? Uh, hey, buddy. I, I love how, like, at least once a month, Ed, like, wants to dip his toes into comics, but, like, he puts, like, one toe in and then, like, just immediately forgets about it, and then, like, a month or two later, he's back in. Listen, Ed's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's still getting his comic books, but you're talking about him putting the pictures up of covers that he thinks you will like? <laughs> I don't mean- even mean that. I just mean, like, you see Ed, like, he's like, hey, I bought these comics, and then you don't hear him talk about comics for, like, another, like, three months. Well, I think Ed is a trade waiter, ah. and I think he also doesn't have a very good comic book shop. Ah, well, if you don't have a good comic shop, or you don't have a comic book shop near you, or you don't have a a good comic shop near you, let our comic shop be your comic shop. (laughs) You fucked up my thing that I say. Yeah, I was trying. (laughs) Close enough. Um, I I think it's probably going to be about, we're going to show a bunch of different animes that are wrestling themed. Um, You know, Kinnikuman, Ultimate Muscle, of course. Uh, Um trying to think of the other ones i don't think they ever did or if they did a ultimate muscle kanikuman manga it definitely was not translated or localized for us dumb americans uh so it is probably out there but you know good luck reading it unless you read you know kanji and all that sort of stuff um still waiting uh you know getting my uh blu-ray player to play my uh ultimate muscle blu-ray that i got Mm. um any day now you didn't order it, right? You're just well. Like, I gotta wait. I gotta wait until the day after my birthday. Oh yeah, that's right. That's if right. I yeah. if I get it for my birthday, I don't need to buy it. If I didn't get it for my birthday, I'm gonna buy it. Gotcha. But you got the DVDs though, right? There's the, the Blu-ray. DVD. It's in right here. Yeah. All right. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, that's all the calls. Um, and listen, Ed is busy. There's allegedly, and let me even check right now. Um. Let's just say I have an in. Let me just uh, uh, let me put it this way. Um, I, I have uh, Terry Skittles on retainer <laughs> to notify me the moment the next episode of Hayabusa is ready to go, and uh, I'll have that in my inbox thanks to uh, the large sum of money that I'm paying to Terry Skittles. That's money well spent. I would certainly say so. Um, is it up yet? Nope. It's not up yet. But allegedly, there's an episode of Hayabusa coming out this week. And the, f- the fact that you're looking at a page full of, like, code, that, and you could tell if there's a podcast somewhere in there, that's like reading The Matrix. It's like, oh, blonde, redhead, brunette. Like, you just looked at that immediately, and you're like, no, there's not an episode in here. And I had a Google Drive of the original um, Kinnikuman anime from the 70s and 80s but apparently it got shut down so i gotta go find where i got that and find the new link for it because i was gonna go send that to ed um but um yeah thanks everyone for calling um plugs and stuff um we are three weeks away from the next lvac show um it looks like it's gonna be another sellout as we were recording they announced a second match which is debuting for the LVAC, uh, retro Anthony Green taking on the returning hot sauce Tracy Williams. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a hell of a match. I always like 
on the LVAC shows, which are like, you know, fun, goofing around shows and everything, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, hey, we're going to sneak in this, like, all-star, you know, potentially banger of a match, you know? Just because for fun, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is Anthony Green's first time at LVAC, right? Yes, uh, his debut. Yes, sir. Awesome. And obviously Hot Sauce, local favorite of the promotion. And of course, the man who moves the merch, the man who makes them move, uh, they sells out one building and they have to move it to another bigger building. They moved it from a fire hall to a goddamn gymnasium because this man was on the show poster with that belt and those thighs. And uh, whatever the (laughs) hell that promotion is, the board tweeted out the other day. But he and Erica Lee are making their triumphant return to the Lehigh Valley to take on Jakob Hammermeyer and Bojack. Uh, that's what's announced so far. I'm sure we're going to get some Big Dan Champion, Sidney Bacabella shenanigans. I'm sure Simon B- Sutherland will be able to pull himself away from the spaghetti buffet uh, to do whatever Simon Sutherland does. And uh, I'm sure myself and Mantis will be on the ones and twos. Yeah, and that uh, the promotion that had to move the event, that that was VCW. because oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was boar, the the territory that the boar owns. Right. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, Big Dan, you know, for whatever, he, I guess he's credible these days. You people all think he's a baby face. I still don't <laughs> buy it. Uh, but he tweeted out that there was like 20 tickets left like a couple hours ago. So uh, nice to see that these events are selling out pretty quickly, you know? It makes me happy to be involved with a uh, successful and uh, friendly product, you know? Yeah, and this is a 100% a shoot. I, uh, my buddy Rob, who co- sometimes comes out to the LVAC shows, and he was the one that makes the trips out to AIW with me. Not a wrestling fan, just a fan of a good time and going out and like drinking, you know? Uh, I literally just sent him, like last week, uh, the picture that the LVAC tweeted out that announced Gummy Boar. And yes. it said like Sokols and the date, you know, because they were the first people announced. I just sent that picture. Didn't ask like a question like, hey, you interested or anything like that. And he responded. He was like, fuck, fuck. When, when is it? Fuck. So he bought a ticket because just on Gummy Boar alone, again, not a wrestling fan, but a fan of a good time. It's like we talked about last week. You know, you get people who are casuals into orange Cassidy, they're going to stick around. Uh, gummy boars doing that on the Indies as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, if you know, you bought a ticket already, we'll see you there. Adam will be making his, uh, trip out. Brett and DJ from, we need wrestling will be there. Um, like I said, the boar will be there. Erica Lee will be there. All of our favorites. And I've already assigned Adam two sets of homework. There's a third set of homework. Uh, the next season of dark side of the ring debuts next Wednesday. Oh, okay. I wonder um, the, if my DVR is still set for that or if I deleted it when they quote-unquote canceled it. Yeah, the first uh, episode is Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. Um, you know, I'm sure lot, we'll talk about it on the show next week. Yeah, a lot more on Tammy Sitch uh, on the Patreon this week, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we didn't get a chance to really plug that so much. Uh, obviously, the homework is over there. Um, we are going to be discussing the World Wrestling Entertainment pay-per-view in your no longer branded as in your house, but still an in your house in your heart. Uh, over the edge from May 31st, 1998. Um, I know Adam tried to talk me down uh, to only watching some of the show because two hours and 47 minutes was a little bit too long for Adam. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into it on the homework. I'm excited to talk about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously there is no homework for this weekend because there's lots and lots and lots of wrestling. However, the following week, my assignment to you and to the listeners is what would have been my assignment a couple weeks ago if it had not been May 19th. And May that, 19th? May 19th. And that is the the dramatic conclusion to the Marine Saga, Marine Six Close Quarters. So I remind you one more time, Joe, to have an elevator pitch for what you think Marine Seven should have been and who would be the stars uh, to co-star from the WWE. So again, that'll be our next Patreon, which will be in two weeks. Now, I, I want to throw this out here as well, because uh, I don't give a shit. I'm blowing up your spot, motherfucker. I'm blowing up your big show. I don't care if the show's not out for the pause yet. So this week on Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, they get no discussion that on their Patreon this summer, they're going to do a movie club where they're going to assign a movie for everyone to watch at home, specifically a movie that one of the other three hosts of the show, Brian Broski or Smart Mark, have never seen before and then discuss it on the show. Isn't that... Uh, 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 an interesting topic never done before on a wrestling <laughs> podcast Patreon thing, right? Yeah, it's almost like they stole that from us and we stole that from Longbox Heroes. Right. <laughs> I'm know? stealing from myself in that regard. Um, yeah. But the movies that they're doing, and this is what I'm blowing up their spot on, uh, the movies that they're doing are Hook, um, not the movie about Taz's son, Oh. Uh, but the movie from 1991 starring Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams. Uh, they're doing uh, Ghostbusters. And what was the third one that they're doing? They're making Broski watch. It was Is something it like Tommy Boy or something like that. No, 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 no. Um, shit, I can't remember what the third movie is, but it's like the most basic, lame wad, white guy 80s movies to watch, you know, 80s and 90s movies. Uh huh. Um, Something else that Broski hasn't seen that they're getting him on. Because Ghostbusters is the one that uh, Broski hasn't seen. Or no, Ghostbusters, Brian never saw. And I don't think they got one that Smart Mark hasn't seen because he's seen everything. But yeah, you know, go sign up for their movie show. The reason I say that is, is how much funnier would their show be? And I'm giving them free advice and free money. <laughs> I would re-sign up for their Patreon if they did this movie show with the Mrs. movies. Um, <laughs> imagine them watching the Marine. Like, it would be six-hour episodes of them just fucking cracking wise on the Miz, right? Yeah. And then they do the Marine 2. Then they do the or they do the Marine 3. Then 4. Then 5. Then 6. Then they do the fucking Christmas bounty movie. Then they do, you know, whatever the hell else. It would be a treasure trove of material. They'd be pissing themselves watching these movies with Mike the Miz in them. And then after done with the Mike the Miz movies, they do Muppets Most Wanted and Leprechaun <laughs> Origins, right? And they yeah. just do all the movies that their buddies have been in and just fuck with them. Yeah, watch whatever that straight-to-video thing that Brian was in when he was for Oh, yeah, that's time. right! Yeah. <laughs> and then didn't they do a video of the play that Broski was in where he was Broski but, like, Macho Man Broski or something? Oh, uh, Last Match Musical? Yeah, oh, I'm not a big Broski guy, but... Oh, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a wrestling historian. I know things. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> And we're all over the place here. Did I hit all the other? Oh, oh no, hang on. T Public Store, 35% off this weekend, Memorial Day sale. 
uh, get a bunch of the ad odds, uh, stuff, logos, signage, whatever on shirts and notebooks and cell phone cases and all sorts of shit that T public does. And, uh, Hey, uh, we have an eBay affiliate program. When you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah, and speaking of affiliates, listen to these podcasts that are loosely affiliated with us, and that's Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, and Hayabusi. Hayabusi, a new uh, episode allegedly sometime this weekend. Watch it or listen to it with uh, friends and family while (laughs) doing your Memorial Day plans. And then uh, it's like a Memorial Day tradition, you know, like it could be a new thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So I think that's it. It's now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show, right? The best part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 Joe, as everybody knows, I'm a little bit of a quality control for the soon-to-be-named network. You know, I make sure I listen to everybody's shows. I make sure that they're on top of stuff. There's no errors or omissions. And I just want to say, uh, we need wrestling. Brett and DJ last week, they're like, oh, I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy anything either. I bought a T-shirt. Oh, I didn't buy a T-shirt. Uh, but uh, Brett forgot that he got the Chase Target Legends Fat 2. He did not mention it on the podcast, so I'm mentioning it here because not only do I buy a lot of stuff, but I also make sure that other people talk about what they bought, you know? Right. You know, just making sure that there's enough accuracy in the soon-to-be-named network. That's what I'm I'm on top of. But did you buy anything this week? I did, actually. (gasps) I did. I'm grabbing my pearls. I'm clutching it. (laughs) Uh, So I I had a a busy weekend out of the house a bunch. Um, I say, hey – uh, do yourself a favor. Get out every once in a while. I'm not going to be one of these people that say, like, oh, go touch grass. But it felt good to be disconnected from social media for, like, 12 hours. Mm. You know? Um, I don't know. Give it a try. Um, we're all, we're, like, we're all sucked in by any sort of our phones, social media, Twitters, discords, whatever. Um, and I can't say that anyone will ever be able to quit cold turkey at this point. Um, unless you get like ultra mega canceled, but I don't know, like pick a day this weekend where for like six hours, you don't look at social media, right? And whatever you missed, who cares? Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, I, I wish I could delete Twitter, you yeah. know, like if it wasn't for not that like, oh, I got to do all this stuff for the podcast on there, but like, uh, like I can't delete the app and have the at odds account. I guess I can sign out of the man Adam van, you know, but I don't know. I don't like it. I I just I sign on like whenever like Dynamite's live and baseball games. That's all I do on Twitter. Yeah, but and that's the thing. You know, we all and you, and you do your uh, CGC books. 
Yeah. Well, that takes two seconds. And uh, your liking of Alexa Bliss tweets. I look, Show me one like of an Alexa Bliss tweet. I keep a very clean and grease account. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I don't know. Everyone, you know, uh, I, I saw a bunch of situations this week of people kind of letting social media fuck up their lives. And I don't know. Let that be a lesson. Like, don't live your life online. Like, even if you don't go outside, just like put headphones on and listen to some music or a podcast. And just kind of decompress from it all for six hours. Um, and then, you know, it'll be easier as you go. I don't know. I I see it happening on my timeline, and it bums me out, you know? Mm. That's all. Um, but where I'm going with this is, so I was out a bunch of the day on Saturday because uh, my kid had a friend sleepover. Then we met another kid at the movies. And then we went out and about, and I think thought we had wrangled the cats before i left but one of the cats was in the office so one of the cats shredded up my headphones um which is not the first time and not the last time but i always have a backup but you know like i always have like two backups so one one gets destroyed not unlike hydra i have to get two to replace it you know (laughs) yeah so you know they're like seven bucks whatever it is i buy the top of the line good ones you know seven dollars i treat myself (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was, it was fucking shredded. I was so pissed off at myself that I thought like, luckily the cat didn't like shit in here. Like cat shits in here. I could live with shredding up my, um, headphones. I'd be like, God damn it. It's stupid, dumbass thing. Um, but I had to buy like two more to replace them, you know? Yeah. An emergency purchase. I said, as we approach, uh, my birthday, I'm not buying nothing for myself, but I couldn't live without my headphones. I can't go to earbuds because idiot that I am, I will absolutely lose one within the first 20 minutes of me having them. And listen, I still have an old school, you know, MP3 player. I don't listen to stuff off my phone. Let yeah. me live my old man life. Yeah, I have like, I have really good in-ear wireless earbuds, and then I have like a really good over-the-ear set. Mm-hmm. And maybe each one gets used once a year. You know, like, I, I should start making it a point just to use headphones, like, out and about, you know? Because I do a lot of doll safaris where I'm, like, walking around a store, and I'm like, I could be listening to a podcast right now, you know? Anytime I leave my house and I don't have my kid with me, I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. Well, you listen to 26 hours a day of podcasts. I do. I don't know how I cram it all in, but I <laughs> somebody has to, you know? Yeah. Um, I threatened this last week. I actually had to do it. I went and I bought a jersey frame for that Mandalorian jersey I bought last week. Right, so that, right. That that had to get framed. And while I was there at the 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 stadium, because I had, I I could have the jersey shipped to me, or like I could just drive to the uh, PNC Park or PNC Field and just pick up the jersey. So while I was there, I was like, well, I need a new hat. So I went into the the club store. Uh, and I bought a Rail Riders hat, and I realized I used to buy the every year towards the end of the the baseball season they do the team sets of baseball cards. So you just go in and you buy like, oh, here's the the 2018 Rail Riders team set, and it's like 15 bucks or whatever. And like every year for a long time, I made it a point to to buy the team set. And I was like, I haven't bought a set since the pandemic. Uh, you know, because I haven't been to a game in a little while. So uh, while I was there, I ended up buying the 2019 team set, the 2021, and the 2020. Uh, there isn't a 2023 yet. 
Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just get the 2020 one on eBay because they don't have it here. So I got home and I'm searching, I'm searching. I'm like, why can't I find a, a team set from 2020? I'm like, it's because of the damn pandemic. They didn't have a baseball season. So it probably took me about a half an hour before I realized that. <laughs> I'm searching, searching for a team set that was never manufactured. But I bought a bunch of uh, minor league baseball cards while I was up there. Okay. Uh, did you buy anything else? I did. I have one more thing, and there's a story with it as well. So, all right, go for it. Okay. Um, so I bought. I, I can't say what it was that I bought, but obviously there's a story behind it. Um, I bought Todd's birthday present. Uh, Todd's uh, shares a birthday with Mick Foley, which I'm very jealous of. Because <laughs> um, I share a birthday with someone that Todd loves very much as well. Um, and Todd has a big uh, round number birthday, one of the ones that you're actually allowed to celebrate, you know? Mm-hmm. Your buddy turns 37, go fuck yourself, but it's like 20, 30, 40, whatever, you know, you celebrate those ones, right? Yeah. Um, so it was a thing I found on eBay, and it's a uh, make-offer story, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say, so I'm not exposing the business, the item is up there for $10 or best offer, right? Yeah. So this starts back in February. It's up there for $10, let's say. I make an offer for seven. Gets denied. Make an offer for eight. Gets denied. Make an offer for nine. Gets denied. Right? So me and this person selling this item do this dance for two months. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. So then the person finally decides, I'm going to take that make offer off of this. Right? So they take the make offer off of it, and I sit and I watch it. That don't sell. Another week goes by, that don't sell. Another week goes by, and I see it sells, and I see how much it sells for. I go, okay. And then he puts another one up. I go, oh, he's got a couple of them. All right. All right. Now it gets close. I'm like, okay, I see where it's shipping from. Shipping is a little dicey these days. I may want to make sure that I have it in hand. Can I uh, can I stop you and ask you a quick question? Yes. You said that the you saw one of them sell. Did yes. it did it sell for like his asking price, or did we'll it say like a best offer was accepted? Or something? we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so I see how much shipping is. And go, okay, I'm willing to spend this much total, right? I put in tax. I put in the shipping. It's twelve minutes left to go on the thing. I put my max bid in, right? I end up winning and it sells exactly for what the previous one sold for, which was 50 cents more than his asking price. Okay. So this guy was sitting and fighting back and forth with me. Like he could have unloaded this thing. He, 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 I don't know if he thinks he has gold because there's other ones that sell for a lot more or they're asking a lot more. They're buying it now for like double what he's asking. Right. Mm hmm. Um, and I don't see him moving. And when I was offering him $7 and $8 and $9, he's sitting here. He's like, I'm sitting on a gold mine. I can't give this up for $8. <laughs> I can't give this up for $9. Yeah, I need a, I need the full 10 Like, I what, need a right. full well, return again, on investment. Yeah. $10.50 is what he ends up sold, selling at least two for. And again, I'm using vague yeah, numbers. Sure. But it was $0.50 cents over his initial asking price is what it ended up selling for. <laughs> now, obviously, uh, we're not going to get into detail because Todd is an avid podcast listener. Yeah. Uh, 
if I was to be a Longbox Heroes Patreon, which I am, and if I was to listen to Previewing the Past, which I do, uh, would I have at some point might have heard discussion of that present? Yes. Okay, just making sure, because obviously that's what I would have figured, you know, because that's a perfect little gift-giving opportunity. It's like, oh, I, I wish I'd known that was out back then. I would have bought that. It's like, oh, let me write that down. My my eBay watch list is all the Bib Fortuna stuff that I've, you know, I had to put on pause for a while, you know? Yeah. And all the things that Todd mentions on previewing the past that he's like, I wish I had that. I'm like, boop, 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 you know? Yeah. Every once in a while, you guys will say something, and it'll be some, like, stupid old gimmick cover or something like that, obviously. And, like, you'll look it up, and you'll be like, oh, it says right here, somebody bought one for $3. And I'm like, oh, I'd pay $3 for that. (laughs) (laughs) I've never – but I always forget to go and look it up, you know, but it's for the best. It is for the best. um, I do have a little bit of an eBay story, and uh, I assume you're done, right? I'm done. All right, so I have two quick last-minute purchases, but one of them kind of has a similar story to yours. But um, I purchased, uh, and this was not eBay, but I was, if you listen to Porch Talk this past week, you'll know it was a live on-air purchase, is while I am not in the Major Pods Facebook group, I am in a Micro Brawler Facebook group, and I was scrolling through Facebook uh and they said that there was an on sale, like just now dropping, and it was a Danhausen glow in the dark micro brawler. And it was, they were only making 250 of them, which is a very low number for a micro brawler, but also like super low number for Daniel Hausen. Um, okay. So I went and I was like, oh shit, when did this like go on sale? Because if it, you know how Facebook is, you, you see things that it might have been like eight hours ago. Um, but it said it was like 10 minutes prior. So I jump on like pro wrestling tees, like Twitter and Instagram, and they didn't announce it anywhere, which was weird. Like maybe it was in like a a story or something like that or announced on whatnot. I don't know. So I went to pro wrestling tees. It's not announced on their splash page. I searched for Dan and it didn't come up there. I actually had to just like search by micro brawlers and there they were like they were in stock. Um, and it said like no limit, like, Order as many as you want, but they only made 250 So I was like, oh, I should buy, like, a bunch of these and flip them. <laughs> but I didn't. I just bought one. And then, like, five minutes later, after I bought it, Todd was like, oh, you should have bought more of them. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have. And I looked, and they were sold out. So I do have yeah. one of them. Honestly, I might just sell the one because it's, the it's like, Danhausen as Frankenstein, and it glows in the dark. And I'm like, I already have a signed uh Danhausen where he's just like normal Danhausen and I'm like that's kind of all I need but this was kind of like a thing where I was I said to myself it's limited and I want to jump on it just because it's an opportunity so I'll probably just going to flip it you know Yeah so that's weird that it was like so many layers to try to find on the Pro Wrestling Tees site like what's the reason why you think um I- I honestly have no idea because if it wasn't for that somebody sharing it in that Facebook group, I would have never heard about it because, like, I think I followed Danhausen on on the socials and I didn't. If he mentioned it, he didn't mention it like around that time, and it certainly wasn't on Pro Wrestling Tees' stuff. So I have no idea. It went up and it sold out, and there was never anything that I saw publicly announced about it. 
Very yeah, weird. interesting. You think, like I said, they would hammer that stuff home, but yeah. you know, I mean, not. it's sold. It's not like, oh man, we got to push this thing, you know, because it's sold out with no advertisement. You know, yeah. Warner Bros. got it out, but um, but that is not my only micro brawler purchase, and this last one has a very quick story. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, uh, or probably a lot longer than that, probably a couple months ago, I had said that I ordered a Bobby the Brain Heenan micro brawler from Pro Wrestling yes. And I ordered that months ago, and they were shipping a couple weeks ago. And I got my shipping notification from Pro Wrestling Tees. And if you've ever ordered anything from them, you'll know that they're not the fastest shippers, Joe. Uh, they'll get you a shipping label. You know, they'll say, hey, your item has been shipped and here's your shipping label. And it usually takes about a week for the item to go from their warehouse into the hands of a carrier. And I'm used to that. Like, you know, yeah. you and I are negative one micro brawlers, quote unquote, shipped today. But we probably won't see them for like a week or two. You know, it's just I'm used to it. So the Bobby the Brain Heenan micro brawler, I got the shipping notification sometime around uh, May 1st. And after about two weeks, there was no movement on the the tracking number. It still said like, you know, awaiting product or whatever. It just said that the label was made, but there was nothing. So about like... 15, 16 days after I got the shipping email, I emailed Pro Wrestling Tees. I was like, hey, this is my order number. Uh, there's still no activity on this tracking. Um, yada, yada, yada. Like, nor I'm used to, like, hey, I wasn't a dick. I was like, I know it sometimes takes a little bit, but it's never taken more than two weeks for there to be any activity on the tracking. So the next day, somebody emailed me back and said, oh, no problem. Sorry about that. Here's another tracking number for a replacement one. Hmm. Um and I, I got th that tracking number, and a couple days later, that one actually shipped. I got it in my hands, and it's all all squared away. All right. The reason, the reason why I'm telling this story is there is a 1 in 100 chase Ooh. of this micro brawler. And I said to myself, when they when they – Whenever you order a micro brawler, you're like, oh, man, fingers crossed I get the chase. And, like, I got the Swaggle one a couple of weeks ago. You know, I was lucky. And I was like, oh, man, I really want that Bobby Heenan chase because there's only 100 of them, which is a very, very low number. As I mentioned before, with the Danhausen having sold out 250 units in, like, an hour, you know? Right. So I said to myself, as soon as they sent the, the replacement, I was like, there's no way there's just stacks of chases laying around so this replacement there's a zero percent chance it's going to be a chase you know because they this was a made to order so there's like a thousand or whatever hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of the bobbies so if they make more of them or whatever for replacements it's the par for the course so what i'm getting at is i knew i wasn't getting the chase and i didn't i got the normal one so got me real thirsty for the chase joe <laughs> Uh, because I said to myself, I, I'm trying to be a Bobby Heenan completist, which is not hard. He only has like four Mattels, and I think I have three of them. I just don't have the Heenan family box set. He has the LJN, which I have. He has a classic superstars, which I have. I don't have the repaints, but you know, I kind of want this. So I look on eBay and they're expensive. And I'm going to do the same thing you did, Joe. And I'm going to use very basic numbers. And I'm going to say that 
Uh, they were the the cheapest one was buy it now for ten dollars because that's a nice round number. Yeah, right? sure. Um, so this one guy, like, there's there's some people selling them for twelve dollars. There's some people selling them for eleven. There's some people selling them for ten dollars. Whatever. A lot of them they go up, they sell immediately. They go up, they sell immediately. So I'm like, all right. I, I, this is about what I'm going to have to pay. I'm probably going to be stuck paying around $10, $11 for this, this micro brawler. Um, this one guy puts one up. I, I add it to the watch list and he has it up for like a dollar starting bid. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch that. Then he deletes it, puts it up for buy it now, $12. So I'm like, mm. all right, well, I'm going to watch that. Then he deletes it, puts it up again for $3 starting bid. I'm, like, I'm going to watch it and he deletes it. So this guy doesn't know what he wants to do with the thing. So finally, he puts it up, buy it now, $10, with a starting bid of a dollar and no and a reserve on the auction. So if you just want to go ahead and end it, you can buy it now for $10. But if you want to bid on it, you can, but keep in mind there's a reserve. So I'm like, all right, you, you follow me on that, right? Yeah. So... I am not the first bidder on this. Somebody bids on it. They bid like $2. Reserve not met. Somebody bids $3. Reserve not met. Somebody bids $4, $5, $6. Reserve not met. So I get an email because I'm watching the thing saying the seller has lowered the reserve. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking that the reserve on this is probably going to be like 7 or $8. Bucks. Um, so with like 10 seconds left in the auction, I jump in. I do my snipe. I bid eight and a half dollars on it. You know, all right. The, the buy it now price was 10 bucks. All right, come on. Guys. All right. The buy it now price was a hundred bucks. So I bid 85 bucks <laughs> and it said, you're now the, the, the high bidder, but reserve wasn't met. Item didn't sell. Oh, so what's the fucking point of having an auction? What was he hoping that somebody would have bid it up to $99 and 99 cents? Do you know, is there like a different, and again, I, I've never sold something on eBay where you do it as an auction, but have a reserve with it. Is it like a different fee that goes to eBay? Is there? No, it's like, the same like percentage of sale. It's just, this guy had it in his mind that like, I, I guess his reserve was 90 bucks. So and, and if like, your reserve is 90 bucks, put it up for 90 bucks. Exactly. Like, the whole point, like, I guess in his mind is like, if I started at like 10 bucks or 20 bucks, whatever it was like, that'll get attention and more eyes will be on it. Cause they're going to think they're going to get this for like 30, 40 bucks. And, and like, then like, I'll, I'll get them in the end. Cause I'm not selling it for any less than 90, you know? So like, it made no sense that like the reserve, cause again, my, my max bid was like, like eighties. I, I never do even numbers. So it was probably like $86 and 69 cents or something like that. And like, that wasn't enough to win it uh, because it was buy it now a hundred, but the reserve was somewhere in between there. Now so that go on, go on. this was the same guy that you, your shirt was the same guy who kept like, like putting up an auction and taking it down, putting up an auction, taking it down. Yeah, because I, I, after like the second time he did it, like I noticed it was a similar picture and I looked at the seller's name. So he was just indecisive of what he wanted to do with it, you know? Now, the other question I have is, did he end up relisting it and selling it? Well, that is the follow-up thing. So uh, I actually got a, a second chance offer the next day. 
All right. For what my high bid was. And I was like, well, no, I'm not paying that, you know, because it was like the guy I outbid was like 65 bucks. Yeah. And like my, so I was like the high bidder or like whatever it was. It was like, I was like, I'm not paying that because fuck you was basically my response, yeah. you know, because it was just, I was pissed off about it was the whole. The, it's the principle of it that like I was willing to pay this if you didn't have some sort of weird reserve. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I was like, no, I'm good. I'll just wait for like, because I've seen like four of them sell already. You know, yeah. and again, there's a hundred of them in existence. So I'm like, I have 96 more tries at this. <laughs> you know, like uh, obviously not that many, but like some people are going to keep theirs. Uh, but we ended up meeting in the middle and I ended up buying one off of the same guy. But like he cut me a deal. So I didn't pay the 85. Uh, I got a little bit of a savings on it. So the, I'm now uh, the proud owner of a one in 100 Bobby the Brain Heenan Chase Micro Brawler. The the double J Chase is still up. It's currently at thirty four dollars. Yep. Oh, I see that. Wasn't yeah. That when I sent that to you, I think it was because you yeah. know I I watched it right, hoping to get like a like a offer sent to you. Yeah. yeah, and I never got the offer sent to me, but it never sold. Um, yeah. God, I feel like that. I don't like because I remember when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's a steal." But I w- I don't know if maybe thirty four bucks was a steal. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that one was like uh, like a super limited one. I think it was just one of them where it was like one in every twenty was a chase. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Thirty four bucks ain't bad considering I just you know again I didn't spend uh, I didn't spend eighty five, but I I spent a couple bucks on a on a Bobby Heenan chase. You know? Well, that's you. You're a maniac. I am a maniac. But hey, there's only 100 people on this planet that have that micro brawl, and I'm one of them. But as you see, um, you know, I looked at completed listings, you know? Yeah. And there's only one that sold, and it sold for 42 bucks. Right? It is an older chase, too, though. So, I mean, there's not a lot of activity on them. Yeah. Right? Well, that was, and so that was what, that was the one that sold back in February, right? Yeah. So there's people on here. There's the guy that has it for thirty four bucks, but then there's here's a guy seventy eight dollars. Here's a guy forty five dollars. Here's a guy forty eight dollars. Here's a guy hundred twenty dollars or best offer. Here's another guy ninety dollars. Like these guys are out of their fucking mind. When the yeah. one that sold online, the one was forty two bucks, right? Yeah. I, I'm this. Whenever I'm selling stuff, uh, obviously step one, see what they've sold for in the past. Step yeah. two. See what the lowest one that's on eBay currently is. And if you're not willing to at least match that, yeah. maybe maybe you hold on to it for a little bit. You know, like when I go to sell, like I'll sell a comic or I'll sell like a whatever. I'll be like, all right, well, I, in my mind, I think I should get 50 bucks for it. And then you see somebody selling it for 10 bucks. I'm like, well, I'm not willing to take 10 bucks for it. So I'm just not going to sell it. You know? Exactly. Crazy people. But that was my long way of saying that, like, there was a a spite, like a spite declining of a purchase, and eventually I got it anyway. So, well, I'm glad you won that rivalry, just like I won mine. Yeah, uh, that's all I have, Joe. That's all I got too. So let's wrap this up, and uh, we'll get to the uh, homework for the Patreons, huh? Absolutely. Join us over on Patreon, Face of Patreon, only five bucks a month. That's right. So, hey, for uh, Adam, this is Joe closing on episode 243 of At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 